Every day, we rise, challenging ourselves to work for what we believe in. At U.S. Border Patrol, protecting our borders is more than a job. It's a calling. Agents answer the call, working together to keep our country and communities safe. If you are ready for a new mission, join U.S. Border Patrol and go beyond. Learn more at cbp.gov slash careers. Blog Talk Radio.
Hello, it's Peggy Amanese, your host of Signs Your Loved Ones Send Us. We have a live show every Tuesday night from 7 to 9 p.m. Eastern Standard Time, but the show is also worldwide and available on Skype. We're calling in at 1-347-838-9201. I have a question for you all. Do you believe when we die that we cease to exist? Do you believe that heaven is for real? Do you believe that our loved ones are always around us? Do you get signs like pennies or feathers? or butterflies, or rainbows. There's so many ways that our loved ones come through, and my show sets out to show you. Uh, we have many intuitive meetings on the show, and special guests, and we give readings, and hopefully bringing your loved ones through. So stay tuned for our guest tonight. Thank you. Hi, this is Peggy Amanisi, broadcasting from my new home in Highland Falls, New York. I've been off the air for a few weeks due to my move, still moving in, so I'm going to be doing shows here and there on Tuesday nights, but uh, we'll go back to my regular weekly schedule. Um, Tonight's show, as I'm waiting for my co-host, Marsha, to tune in, is um, the theme is, is life really about the lessons we come here to Earth to learn? Do we really suffer so much here on Earth to learn some kind of lesson before returning home to heaven? So uh, I see some people in my chat room. If you want to call in at 347-838-9201, give your input. Uh, a little bit about me. As you know, my name is Peggy Imanisi. I am a best-selling author and a Christian woman, also an intuitive medium. All faiths are welcome to my show. I lost many close to me, including two of my own children, Meg and Mark, and their father, Donald, and they will they all send me so many signs, along with many of, of the other losses I've had. Um, my show consists of stories of loved ones sending you signs also. Calling call in and ask questions or just vent about what you're feeling because of the of grieving the loss of a loved one, especially child loss. As I told you, I've lost two of my own and I understand. Or if you want to discuss any of our archive shows, all my shows are archived going on three years now. And uh, some of our special guests, uh, TV personalities, radio personalities, other intuitive mediums. Marsha and I will be taking your calls again at 347-838-9201. We'll talk about the signs uh, our loved ones send us. <clears throat> and uh, to understand that the signs are real. We also do readings when spirit feels the need to communicate with you. We don't ask, they come to us, so that's how Christian mediums work. And we also uh, play some great music. I've uh, got friends that were in the music industry. One, uh, Ron Bassett, uh, who's been on my show, he passed uh, a few weeks ago, and just want to say hello to Ron because I know he can hear us. And um I encourage you to ask questions or, you know, vent to me or whatever you need to talk about, okay? So, again, um, I'm going to go back to what the show was about tonight. And like I said, uh, the show is about uh, why are we here? I think at one point or another I'm going to be 63 next month. And the older I get, the more I ask myself that question. And um, <clears throat> until my co-host comes on or someone calls in and wants to speak, uh, also if you want to speak, you can call and just listen to the show with the uh, number I gave you. Or if you want to speak to us, you need to hit the number one to let me know you're in the queue to speak to us. So I'm going to read to you um, an ultimate list of 50 lessons, uh, life lessons that we must learn. Uh, we all come here for a purpose. You know, we're all God's children, and uh, that's what I believe and know. And uh, 
we all have a purpose here. So we all know the old saying, youth is wasted on the young, right? Well, I think about that on occasion, how I wish I had the self-awareness and confidence and joy I have known when I was in my 20s and 30s. So much life is wasted on worry, regret, pain, and heartache. Of course, some of this is inevitable and necessary. We all go through it. But I spent too many of my younger days sweating over things I didn't need to sweat about. I simply didn't know any better, or if I did, I just hadn't sunk in yet. You know, we all live carefree and, you know, think life's going to go on and on and on and everything's going to be peaches and cream, but it's not that way. I suppose life's lessons are called that for a reason. You need to experience life in order to learn the lessons, and the more life you experience, the more lessons you accumulate. However, some extremely valuable lessons came from other people. Some I've learned from reading great thinkers like Eckhart Tolle and Byron Katie. Um, According to this article, they did. I've read Eckhart Tolle. I'm not saying I agree about everything he says, but uh, some of the things I do. He used to be on the Oprah show. I'm not really, you know, people think because I'm a psychic medium, all new age, but I'm really not. Um, But anyhow, um, others' uh, lessons that I've learned were passed on from my friends and family. Although some lessons must be learned through experience, and God knows I've had plenty of losses, including my children, husband, and many others. You don't have to wait until midlife or become aware of what's truly meaningful and worthwhile in life. You simply need the curiosity and desire for self-awareness and personal growth. Once you learn the lessons, you can apply them in your life at any age and see the benefits to your happiness and your own well-being. Here are 50 important lessons that have stood the test of time. One is life is now. We keep waiting for that amazing thing to happen in the future that will be the key to happiness, but it isn't right. But it isn't. Uh, Right now, life continues to be a series of right now. So learn to love right now, and you'll have an amazing life. Fear is an illusion, mostly. Most of the things we fear never happen, or if they do, they are rarely as bad as we fear them to be. And we all have fear. For most of us, fear is the worst thing that will happen to us. Reality isn't as painful. But it can be. Um, Relationship rules. At the end of the day, what matters most are people in our lives. That's I emphasis. People are very important. Put them first every single day, before work, before the computer, before your hobbies, before your cell phone and text. Treat them like they're everything to you because they are. Number four is debt isn't worth it. Nothing's more draining than humiliating than being in debt. Spend below your means. Save money and live free. Number five, your kids aren't you. You are the vessel to bring your children into the world and their caretakers until they can care for themselves. You can teach them, love them, and support them, but you can't change them. They are unique individuals who must live their own lives. Let them. Number six, things gather dust. Time and money spent accumulating material things will one day irritate you. You must clean, maintain, and move stuff. The less stuff you have, the more free you are. Purchase mindfully. Number seven, fun is underrated. How much of your day is fun? Really, fun. Life is short. We should enjoy it. Don't make things serious that don't have to be. Create more fun in your life. Don't worry about what other people think of your fun. Just enjoy it. You own it. Number eight, failure is good. We try so hard to avoid failure, but failure is the real evidence that we've tried. If you avoid failure, you avoid taking action. Expect and accept that familiar is part of the experience. Learn from it and move on. Friendships need care, number nine. One of the top five regrets of the dying is that they let their friendships fade away. 
happens to all of us. Friendships need time and attention. Nurture them like a prized garden. The payoff is so worth it. Number 10, experiences first. The pleasure and positive memories afforded by great experiences far outweigh material things. If you're trying to decide whether your new self or the family trip, take the trip every time. Number 11, anger isn't worth it. And I've been real angry lately in my own personal life. Uh, a lot of people I thought were my friends didn't even acknowledge me moving and weren't there for me. So, you know, I've let some people go because of this, uh, because they've proved they're not real friends. So, but I'm not going to be angry. i got to let go of it. And I advise you to do the same. The feel-good release of anger lasts a few minutes. Repercussions last far longer. Regret, stress, and unhappiness are the byproducts of angry outbursts. Learn healthier ways to communicate your feelings, and when anger rises, step away until it dissipates. Number 12, kindness matters. Small expression of kindness have an enormous impact on other people. It doesn't take much to be kind. Practice it every day in every situation until it's a natural way of being. 13, age is a number. When you're 20, you think 50's old. When you're 50, you think you feel 30. Our chronological age does not have to define us. Don't allow a number to hold you back or prevent you from being the person you are inside. For instance, I was 60 when I decided the show and I came out about my gift being an intuitive medium because I always feared what people would think of me. I'm at a point I don't care. I'm finally at peace because I'm who God made me to be. And I advise you to do the same. If you feel that you have a gift, go for it. You know, don't deny what God put you on this earth for. Okay, number 14, vulnerability heals. Being real, open, and vulnerable invites people in and allows them to relate to you on a much deeper and more intimate level. Vulnerability, practice with safe and loving people, can heal emotional pain and strengthen relationships. Um, okay, exercise is power. Exercise should be a daily priority for everyone. It makes you physically, mentally, and emotionally stronger. It improves your health and your outlook. And it's just about everything. Um, I have multiple sclerosis, and I do some forms of my own exercises. And, you know, if you can move somewhat, keep going. 17, number 17, grudges causes pain. Holding on to a grudge is like injecting poison into your body every day. Forgive and let go. There's no no other way. 18, passion upgrades life. When you find that uh, the thing you love to do with all your heart, and my show is one of them, every deal feels like every deal, every day feels like a gift. If you haven't found your passion, make it your mission to find it. The joy it brings spills over into your aspects of your life. 19, okay, is travel. Um, I don't do too much of that myself, but it expands you. It makes you more interesting, insightful, and accepting person. Even if it's local, go to a zoo or get back to nature. It, uh, it expands you, enlightens you, and teaches you about the variety of people, lifestyles, and cultures. It's a pursuit well worth saving for. Number 20, you aren't always right. No, that's very important. We think we have all the answers. Know what's right and wrong, good and bad, best for ourselves and other people. But we aren't always right. Not even me. <laughs> There's always more than one version. There are many perspectives that are valid. Keep yourself open to the truth, but don't ever deny yourself and what you believe in. Number 21, it will pass. Whatever is causing you to worry or pain right now won't cause you to worry and pain forever. Time heals to a point. Things change. It will pass. Uh, but, you know, that really doesn't apply to grief because especially child loss, it's a different kind of grief that you move on, but you never forget the loved ones we lost. Um, number 22, you define meaning. 
A meaningful life is what you define it to be. If you neglect to define meaning, you won't experience it. Decide what makes life worth living for you. Then design your life around that. Number 23. We're almost through the list. Risk expands you. To make positive change in your life, you often must take risk. You must tolerate some level of uncertainty. I did this with the show and writing books. Uh, I'm wondering what people would think, but you know what? Like I said, you get to an age where you don't care. As long as you feel it's right, you go for it, and hopefully you'll help somebody. Taking thoughtful, calculated risks strengthens your change muscles and helps you grow. Change is good. Life is, is, life is change. We shouldn't resist it. It's like the seasons. Remaining stagnant is in opposition to the natural order of the flow or of life. Flow would change. Embrace it regarded as an adventure. Your thoughts are real, number 25. Every moment of the day, we have random thoughts floating through our brains. Many of the thoughts are negative and limiting. You don't have to believe in them. They aren't the truth or the whole truth. Thoughts can become our reality, but only if we let them. You know, there's a thing called law of attraction. And if you put out to the universe what you want and what your needs are, it usually can happen. Just believe in yourself. Number 26, you can't control others. Oh, God, do I know this one. <laughs> Not that I've ever wanted to, but I've seen people thinking thinking that they think like I think, and they're totally opposite and go their way and not understanding what I'm feeling. or Maybe I don't understand what they're feeling, but it's mutual. But uh, they can't control me, and we can't control them, or I can't control them. We shouldn't have to. We're, we're all individuals. We want people to think and behave as we do. We want them to accommodate us and live the way we think they should live. We want them to change, but with awareness, we realize we can and shouldn't try to control others. Instead, embrace differences and honor the uniqueness of people in our life. And God made everyone different. So, you know, it's kind of like uh, really what life's about. You know, we are all different, and we all come with our own gifts and our own plan. And um, you just got to go with the flow and don't expect people to understand everything you're going through. And, and the same for them. They can't expect us to understand everything. But, you know, if you go through... Like, for instance, like me with Child Lost, I do the show because I understand it. I don't read in the book. I've lived it. So one of the reasons I do this. 27, your body is your temple. We all something or many somethings we hate about our bodies, but your, ha- your body house is your very essence. Treat your body with respect and care for the efficient and wondrous ways it takes care of you. Number 20, this is really important, touch heals. Physical touch is healing and intimate. It bonds us to other people and relieves stress <clears throat> excuse me, and anxiety. It's a myriad of health, de- uh, of health benefits such as lowering heart rate, it's improving, and improving the immune system. Mindful, loving touch with those you love is a gift and should be shared. And I want to add a personal. That's kind of what, you know, with the Internet and the texting and the cell phones, and we're losing our ability. Uh, people are failing to thrive these days because we don't have as much touch because we're not so one-on-one with people. So maybe we should get back into that a little more. Number 29, you can handle it. Whatever you think you can handle, you actually can. You have more strength, more resilience, and more inner wisdom than you give yourself credit for. You'll get through it and survive it. We all do. Number 30, gratitude, multiple happiness, multiplies happiness. Consciously focusing on all you have rather than thinking about what you want or don't have is far better use of your brain power. Gratitude fosters positivity and well-being. 31, intuition counts. We all have it. You know, it's not just me. We all are born with it. Some are, you know, better than others with it, uh, but it can be developed. 
Your judgment is important, but your intuition supercharges your judgment. That's part of your soul. Intuition is data from your subconscious mind based on your past experience and patterns in life. It can arise spontaneously when you are called on to make a decision or need information. 32, please yourself first. So important. It's like loving yourself first. If you don't love yourself or please yourself, you can't help anybody else. Pleasing others for approval and acceptance might feel good in the short term, but eventually you will lose yourself and feel resentful. We've all done it. Please yourself first and give to others based on conscious choices, not the desire for approval. 33, self-honesty is freedom. When you're in denial about something, you are binding yourself to the truth. And even if the truth is temporarily painful, it will ultimately set you free. Be radically honest with yourself so you can live authentically. 34, perfection is boring. Oh my gosh, we're not all uh, Kardashians. <laughs> perfection is unattainable, and the pursuit of it makes us boring. It is our differences, our foibles, and our imperfections that connect us to humanity and make us real. Number 35, we're almost through. Serving creates meaning. If you want meaning to your life, start with serving others. Find a way to make a difference, even a small difference, and your life will feel purposeful. Little things matter. It's not the big wins, the great accomplishments, or the status in life that really count. It's the accumulation of little things, the quiet moments in nature, special time with your kids, seeing the smile on your spouse's face when you walk when he walks in the door. Pay attention to the little things. Number 37, learn forever. There's so much to learn and explore in our very short lifetimes. Take advantage of learning every single day. Challenge yourself to acquire a new skill. Read something different. Take a class. Listen to my show. <laughs> learning keeps our minds engaged and sharp, even into old age. <clears throat> Aging happens. Our bodies age. It's the truth. We can't avoid it. You can manage aging by doing the best with what you've got. But beyond that, do the best to let it, let it go. Enjoying life is the best antidote to getting older. <clears throat> Marriages change. The person you married will change over time. You will change, uh, you will change over time. Hopefully you will change in the same direction or come to love the changes in the other person. Don't let these changes take you by surprise. Worry is worthless. Worry is uh, useful only if it leads to direction, directly to a solution. But the very nature of worry implies that it doesn't. You worry about what ifs, what uh, they aren't real, and the worry itself creates stress and physical symptoms that cause real reason for anguish. Learn how to manage your worried thoughts. It's a waste of energy, really, if you think about it, you know. Um, heal old wounds. Don't allow pain from your past or present to linger and cause you suffering. Don't stuff it down or pretend it doesn't matter when it does. Self-support from a professional trained to help you heal and renew your emotional health. And that's one of the things I do by, you know, doing grief counseling on the show, <clears throat> hoping to heal others, you know, by understanding them. And it's important to let things out to heal the wounds, okay, and not to bury it. Number 42, simple is better. A life full of complications, obligations, and overwhelming schedule make life more difficult and stressful. A simple life is all in regards, gives you more space of joy and engagement. Do the work. If you want something in life, you must do the work to get it. There are rarely, they are, there are rarely shortcuts, but truthfully, to work is what affords the most sense of accomplishment. And remember, it's never too late. This is an excuse for not trying. Great things can be accomplished at any age. I kind of showed that. I... The book's been out almost four years, so that came out when I was almost 60, 59. Um, more books are coming out. I'm writing more books, doing the show. Um, if I can do it at this age, so can you. 
and with MS. So, you know, I know, you know, as we get older, we get arthritis, some of us, and we get this, and we have, you know, major health complications sometimes, but there's still something you can always do. Action beats anguish. Action is the cure for worry, procrastination, indecision, anxiety, and frustration. Stop thinking and doing something and do something. You will create momentum that leads to something valuable or at least heals your turmoil. Creation beats reaction. Be proactive in your life, designing exactly what you want rather than reacting to what life throws at you. Creation empowers you and expands your opportunities. Release attachments. Don't become too attached to outcomes or beliefs. Remain open to all possibilities and ideas. You'll be surprised how much more there is to life when you don't cling to your life experience. Two more to go. Your words matter. The words you speak have power. Consider your words carefully, even though I fumble on mine sometimes. I think we all do. Use them for good rather than harm. Once they are out, you can't take them back. Make every day count. If you live to be age 90, how many days do you have left? It's a, uh, it's a number. And one day you will reach that last one. Be conscious of the value of every single day. And the most powerful one of all, and I talk about this all the time, love is the answer. That's what we're here to learn. True, unconditional love. Love is why we are here. It's the force of good in the sometime random and harsh world. Share it freely. Express it daily. What are some of the life lessons that you've learned over the years I'm asking tonight? So call in. Let us know. How have um, they impacted you or in the way you live now? Please share your ideas and experience with us, okay? So, um, you know, I don't see too many people on the line right now. I see some people in chat room. They've logged in. They've logged out. So, um, you know, if you have any questions, please, uh, you know, call in or refer to my chat room. Still waiting on my co-host. I don't know where she is. Marsha, Marsha, where are you? Um, I do have some other things to talk about. We also, um, you know, I am a Christian woman. Grew up in the Episcopal Church. Dad worked for it. and Kind of glad, well, not kind of, glad that I had that basic, you know, bring upbringing. Um, because over the things I've gone through in life, it's brought me back to to it mostly and gave me hope that, you know, life is not just about the here and now, it's about eternity. And um, the Bible also says some things about our life's purpose, and uh, perhaps the purpose is one of the deepest human longings that we all have. Many famous uh, people have reached the top of, of his and her field and declared the success to be meaningless. I mean, we've even had people like Robin Williams take their lives, and, you know, just because they're actors and actresses and famous, they're like us, you know, everyday people, feelings, depressions, problems. You can have millions of dollars. It doesn't always solve the problem. But there is a deeper need that success doesn't seem to fill. Philosophers and psychologists have tried to tackle the looming question or of purpose, largely, largely without completing satisfying answers. Countless dollars are spent on our search for purpose in life. We try to squeeze meaning out of any and every pursuit. So is there a purpose in this life? I think there is. How about you? The Bible affirms human purposes in two ways. First, there's a general purposefulness about human life, period. That's our existence here. Second, there's also the individual purpose in life. And like I said, mine now is my show and my writings and helping other people because after especially my children died, I uh, I needed a purpose to keep going. I have two other children and other family members, but 
I was crushed. I still am crushed, but I had to find purpose for what happened. Um, and I, you know, I always knew God was the boss, and I don't believe that God does this. I believe that, you know, if you read the Bible, there's two sources in the world, in this world, and you got to keep holding on to your belief in Him, because there's the dark uh, energy in this world that causes the problems, and we're fighting against that. That's, you know, even look in politics, and I. I don't want to even get into politics on my show, but, you know, look at our candidates. <laughs> it's it's bad. It's bad right now. It's bad is all I can say. I mean, a lot of us, I think, agree. We're falling apart as a country. We're falling uh, apart as a human race. And uh, we're fighting We're fighting demons here, and we got to stand together and stand for what we believe in, you know. Um, like I said, the Bible does affirm human purpose in the two ways, the purposefulness of, of our life in general and the individual purpose in our life. A purpose that applies to all humans is that of knowing and enjoying God. God did not have to create humanity. He has no needs. But he chose to create us so that we could fellowship with him. Before God created us, he knew sin would enter the world. He knew the great sacrifice necessary to restore us to himself. Yet he concluded that we were worth it. He says in Isaiah 43.10, You are my witness, declares the Lord, and my servant whom I have chosen, that you may have known and believed me and understand that I am me. I am he. Before me no God was formed, nor shall there be any after me. God spoke this to Israel, his chosen nation, and now applies to the church as well. It is God's desire that we know him, believe him, and witness about him. Jesus made a similar statement to his disciples. Go there, therefore and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit, teaching them to observe all that have I have commanded to you. And behold, I am with you always to the end of the age. Notice that Jesus' instructions include being with him, obeying him, and witnessing to others. Records of Jesus' instructions regarding abiding in his love, bearing his fruit of righteousness, obeying his command, commands, loving others, trusting that we considered his friend, and experiencing joy in part. Jesus says, you did not choose me, but I chose you, and appointed you that you should go and bear fruit, and that your fruit should abide, so that whatever you ask, the Father in my name, you, he may give it to you. These things I command you, he says, so that you love one another. I kind of see it in layman's terms, kind of like, you know, we get married or whatever we do in this day and age, and we want children. And I kind of probably didn't understand what God was thinking until I had my own kids and thinking, oh, my gosh, the love, that unconditional love we have for them. And I'm sure that's the way he feels about us. You know, we can get angry. Um, There's got to be rules. God has his rules, the commandments. And we have our rules to bring our kids up. And if they break the rules, we get angry. We're allowed to. That's part of human nature. Um, We get anger out of love. And it comes back to that word, that four-letter word, the good four-letter word, love. Because we want the best for them, you know. And that's why we have the the rules that we do. So... um, Anyhow, um, I'm still waiting on my co-host. While I'm waiting, I'm going to take a little break here. Um, Actually, um, I'm going to play a song. I hope Ashley doesn't mind. She is the daughter of my late friend, Ron. She sang this to her her dad uh, before he had passed, of course. And um, and it's about love. And this is something we should tell everybody. You know, have I told you lately that I love you? This is Ashley Bassett. Hold on, please.
Thank you once again, Ashley Bassett, daughter of my late friend Ron Bassett, who's been was on my show many a times. And if you want to go to my archives, um, you can listen to my last show with him in the winter. And he passed uh, a few weeks ago. Love you, Ron. You were a great inspiration to us all, and still are, through your music, through your daughter, and through your legacy. Okay, my co-host is on now, uh, Marsha. I'm going to bring her on the air. Hold on, please. Good evening, Marcia. How are you? Um, Help. (laughs) (laughs) I missed Ashley. Did I miss Ashley? Well, just her song. No, she wasn't on the air. I just played the song because I have it downloaded from when Ron was on the show. So how are you, Marcia? Oh, well, apparently the the heart doc says I'm okay. Um, Oh, that's good. My was good, and the EKG was good. I have to stop by tomorrow and get some blood blood drawn, but... um, Everything seemed to be fine, so that's a good, we'll take it. God is good. God is good. Yes, he is. Yeah, well, I I guess you missed the beginning of the show. I did read 50 important life lessons and some stuff what the Bible says about uh, what the the show is about tonight, which is, of course, uh, is life really about our lessons we come here to learn? And why do we suffer so much? And what's your input on that, Marcia? Um, we have some people in chat. Uh, people are in, they're out, they're in, they're out. I guess got a little bored with just me tonight. But, you know, um, I'm open for discussion about this. Uh, we get readings. Excuse me. <coughs> we get readings, you know, um, when spirit moves me. You know, I just blurt them out sometimes. So, um, right. well, anyhow, let's hear your input on what the show, the theme of the show. I think it's an important theme, you know. Well, so, what do you think? My sister, you know Karen, my sister, yes. went with me to the doctor today, and um, she and I got to talking a little bit, because I did read the, the one article at the doctor's office that you had posted about some of the Bible mm-hmm. passages that talk about, you know, what we're here to do. And, some and of the I just want to people, get. if they go to my event page, Marcia, all these articles are posted for you to read yourself, so feel free to read them, okay? I just want right. people know. But it, now I'm going to shut up. <laughs> well, you know, Karen and I were talking, and uh, you're you're too cute. Um, <laughs> I know. Um, she said, you know, God doesn't call the qualified. He, right. He qualifies the called. In other words, when you feel like, like, you know, in my situation right now, I feel like, you know, I've got the weight of the world on my shoulders to the mm-hmm. point where I keep asking God to take it from me. Because uh-huh. there's nothing I can do. I'm I'm helpless to, in in my situation, to influence the outcome of certain uh-huh. things. And, you know, that's a helpless kind of feeling. But maybe that's where he wants me. And because right. we're getting closer. I I talk to him a lot more than I was. Uh-huh. Um, but my my general consensus is that we do make a blueprint. We agree to come here. Um, uh-huh for the bodily experience because we can't have that in heaven. And right. we agree to come to learn certain lessons. Now, we can deviate from the blueprint. It's called free will. Right. Mm-hmm. But basically, I think what we come here to learn is to love one another. And that's pretty hard right. to do sometimes because there's some people out there that are pretty hard to love. Oh, <laughs> uh, yeah. And cross. <laughs> <laughs> you know, um, Mar- Marcia and, and I are also friends, even though she's in Indiana and I'm in New York, and we talk quite regularly because we have become friends through the show and through our prayer groups and what have you. 
and um, we share, we bear our souls about our own personal lives, not just our grief, but some of the people in our lives that have made it difficult for us, like everybody else, you know. But sometimes we, we, uh, some people have a little more difficult journey than others, wouldn't you think? Oh, <laughs> Especially yeah, you and yeah. I lately, you know. And we're still going, we're still doing the show, you right? Know? So. But I, you know, I do ask God for guidance every day, um, whatever He has in store for me. But I right. do see Him in my life, you mm-hmm. know, right now. Uh, a lot of un- uncertain things, like I said, and um, you know, direction-wise, I'm sort of like, okay. Uh, but if you pray to God and ask for His direction, you ha- you got to get someplace still and quiet to hear his yes. answer. Mm-hmm. Um, so if you're constantly going and surrounded by noise and, and, you know, if you're raising a bunch of small children, you may not mm-hmm. have too much quiet time. But How about some big to, kids that act like small kids? Yeah, that's true. <laughs> We both got them, you know. Oh, we yeah. We both got them. But, you know, um, it's, it's, it's never ending. I don't care if your kids are... Two to fifty. <laughs> yeah. That yeah. you're still gonna have. They're still your kids, and they still come to you for advice. And it's like, Mom, when I'm hurting, and Mom put a bandaid on this, and Mom help me, you know. It's and there's not a lot of quiet space in our lives. Even once the kids leave home, I still have you know one home and is older and with some health issues at the moment, and uh, you know, and another one with health issues uh, many miles away. You know, Marsha has the similar things, and uh, we're still like being mom, you know. And, and and you brought up the word that I emphasize what my idea is of what life is about in the lesson. It's that unconditional love, that four-letter yeah. word, not the bad four-letter word. Right. It's L-O-V-E, okay? Right. And it's about unconditional love, and that's what it is. It, even when we get frustrated, we all have kids that I still have kids. You know, I get mad at, you know, even though I've lost two, I get angry at my kids, and I'm not God, you know. Uh, but you know what? Right. God gets mad. He's got unconditional love, but he gets mad too. You know, I, I would agree we're made in his image. Don't you agree that that's why we have to go through this? He loves us. But part of the anger, it's, maybe it's the wrong word, but I believe that um, you're angry because you want them to learn complete love. Not about the selfishness, not about give me, give me, give me, or the material things in life, or can I buy that new car, can you help me with that, or uh, mom, you know, can I have such and such for Christmas, I had something happened tonight with my son here and wanted a game for his PlayStation. I'm like, yeah, I don't have the money. You know, you're yeah. not working right now. I don't have the money. You know, I'm strapped and, uh, you know, I'm trying to put food well, in the table. with you're still this in the middle of a move, too, you know. I'm moving yeah, I mean, I need help. Right. I yeah. am like, you know, spend part of the food money to help with this move now. And, you know, I'm on a pension once a month. And, you know, I do the show for free. And I'm not telling people my problems because I... You know, I think you should know them. I'm just showing my, you know, human nature that I'm in the same boat as everybody else. I'm not getting rich doing the show. I'm not being paid for it. I'm being paid with God's um, wisdom to um, help others. That's paid to me. You know, it helps me doing it. It makes me feel good giving. Um, And that's what life's about, and that's part of unconditional love is giving. But sometimes we give to the wrong people, too. Um, 
I've gone through, you know, I, I'm not going to go into, I'm going to do generalizations. Um, sometimes we give to people that have an ulterior motive <laughs> and don't really care. They're just out for themselves and they pretend uh, to be a friend or, you know, you know what I'm talking about. Yeah. And uh, it's sad. And But, you know, the older you get and the more you see this with people, uh, certain people, not everyone, you the red flag goes up and say, hey, let me backtrack. Let me sit back a little. What's, what's their game plan? It's about them, you know. And there's a, a lot of that in this very greedy, selfish world that we live in. You know, there's a lot about, it's all about give me, give me, give me, give me. Or I'll do this for you as long as you do this for me. And it's, yeah. unfortunately, it's come down to that. Uh, do you agree? Oh, yeah, absolutely. It, well, there's a lot of evil in the world. I believe we're living in end times. Um, it may not come in our lifetime, uh, but, I mean, look at global warming. I, I just watched Inconvenient mm-hmm. Truth with Al Gore. And right. it's documented. It, I mean, they they spell it out for you, and people just don't listen. Um, change has to come yeah. from within you. And exactly. you know, only God and the Holy Spirit and, and through Jesus' holy name can we get there. So I right, talk to exactly. God a lot. And, I, you know, mm-hmm. I find myself saying a lot, oh, God, help me. Lord, help me. Oh, yeah. And yep. I, recently, well, even today when I was getting dressed to go to the doctor, um, I said, Marsha, he is helping you. Mm. Instead of saying, Lord, help me. Say thank you for helping me because it's obvious. Thank you. Yeah, 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 yeah. I even you know, you know my 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 situation right now. Yes, I. The Lord I know provide. This happened out of the blue. That searching for well over a year, knowing I had to move, and I was so nitty gritty, all ready to go down south by my other son, which I would have loved to have done, but it would have been very taxing with the amount of work that needed to be done to get there at this point in my life. It's taxing. Right. I just moved 10 miles away, and right. it's killing me. <laughs> it's absolutely killing me. And um, at the midnight hour, all of a sudden, the deal came through with this house. It's exactly what I was looking for. I'm in the mountains uh, above where I lived in another county, and it's absolutely beautiful and peaceful and, and clean and new. It's The house was built 16 years ago. Um, I lucked out with the the former owners holding the mortgage, which, because I couldn't afford a mortgage through the banks, and it all worked out, but it came at the midnight hour, so sometimes God will come at that midnight hour when you least expect it, right. and, and give you hours. what you need, yeah. yeah, because he understands yeah. things that we couldn't possibly, exactly, I mean, I really, you know, I've had a few deals prior, and a lot of people, especially on Facebook, because I bear my soul, just to to let other people know I'm real and, you know, I'm going through this, so and if you're going through it, you're not alone. You know, a lot of people think I'm just a blabbermouth, but no, I, I have a purpose in everything I do. And right. because that's my human, that's my nature, you know. And some think I'm nuts. <laughs> a lot of them think I'm crazy. Um, I don't care because I know who I am. And I know what God's purpose is in my life now. It's I'll be 63 in less than a month, three weeks, whatever. And it took me all these years, really, to find out and and come to a piece of my life, because I am finally who I'm supposed to be. 
Do I get frustrated? Hell yeah. Of course I do. Do I get upset? Do I get angry? Um, I get every human emotion everybody else has. I'm not godlike or, you know, I, I believe in our Lord and Savior. And, but none of us are God. You know, we don't have all the answers. Uh, we don't always get provided the answers. Um, this happened, like I said, out of the blue. I never expected it. And it, it's turned out okay. I'm still in a little bit of a struggle. Um, but I'm giving it to him. And like you said, I, I have been finding that quiet place where the TV's off. And not just praying. I mean, we all say our, our fathers, I'm sure, and our Hail Marys or whatever you say. Your say for us of the CCs. God likes you to talk to him, and I talk to him. I sit down like – I call him big guy sometimes. He laughs, I know, yeah. because yeah, I wouldn't have my sense of humor if he didn't because we were created in his image. So right. I always refer to him as, you know, God, and I said, big guy, you know, I need you. I need to talk to you. And I talk to him just like I'm talking to you right now or anybody else. And he likes that. I'm sure he likes that because uh, it's I not just so the – not that just the ritual of the prayer, we can just do that and, you know, and be cooking dinner while we're doing that or watching a TV show or listening to the radio. No, you're right about that quiet place. He likes you to sit in that quiet place. You can give him your undevoted attention, you know, and he can right. give it to you. I mean, you've got to realize he, he is the father of all of us. And well, you have he's, to remember, thinks, too, that yeah. he won't tell us to do anything that – so it's important to, to read your Bible – um, mm -hmm. But he won't give you a direction that, right. you know, is wrong. In other words, mm -hmm. so it's good to know your Bible. Um, I right. don't know the Bible as well as I should. I can't quote you, does? you know, chapter and verse or whatever. But mm -hmm. um, I do go and, and read, you know, every day. And I've read it cover to cover. I'd never done mm -hmm. that. So, you know, a couple of years ago I decided I'm going to read this thing cover to cover. Well, I'm ADD that way. Was, <laughs> I'm very ADD. Was, it was really boring, you know, begat, 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 begat. I yeah, get it. Okay, yeah. we're talking generations yeah. here. Because, um, it, you know it, what, it was written by man. It was given to man, but it was written by man. Yeah, and but I found it really boring. You have to decipher. I'm sorry? I found it really boring. Yeah, well, yeah it, in the it can sense that, well, you know, after after he sent, you know, his son Jesus for mm -hmm. us, then right. we didn't have to go through all these rituals and sacrifice and and mm -hmm. everything like in the Old Testament. But I'll usually right. just pick a page, and there will be right. my message. It's something that's been on my mind or something mm -hmm. that I've been praying about. And I'll turn to a page, and there's my message. He, it's like he's talking to me and rewarding me for studying, you know, his word. And you know, that's it's, pretty it's cool. funny you brought that up. Yeah, go ahead. Go ahead. I'm sorry. I'll, no, I'll bring up just, my message up to that. I thought it was pretty cool. But did you tell callers if they want to talk, they have to hit the one to get in queue? Yes, I did. I told them in the okay. beginning. Yeah. <laughs> All right. Okay. Well, well for break. instance, go like, ahead. what? Yeah, what you're talking and, and actually the message tells them that, I think, too. You know, I, I hope. I don't know. Never called my own show as a listener, but I know other shows that I have. But um, there was a message my friend Sunday, and you've since friended her on Facebook. I've known her and grew up with her in Croton and Hudson, New York. She posted on my site, and she pretty much knows what's going on in my life, too, you know. And she put something, and like you said, you'll you'll pick a part in the Bible that um, – and you feel like he's talking to you through it. And that's part of the synchronicity of life. 
And Sunday had put this uh, as an inspirational quote on my page. He goes, I am calm and peaceful. I will not let people or circumstances upset me. I will rise above every difficulty, knowing that God has given me the power to remain calm. I chose to live with my life happy, bloom where I'm planted, and let God fight my battles. And it's true. And she wrote to me, I thought of you, Peggy, when I saw this, and thought this is so ironic per- pertaining to the issues at hand with your move and everything that's going on basically in my life. So that's like kind of what you were saying that, you know, you, you're going through something, you pick up the Bible, not because you're going to read it from head to toe at this point again, because it can be boring, but he'll direct you to a part. And God, and that's where um, the the sign that my father talked about years ago, somebody from our church um, had, uh, you know, owned a big farm locally, you know, a four horse farm like, and she broke her neck and was never, wasn't supposed to live. And they prayed and she was healed. And there's a big, along 9A in our area, which is one of the main roads in New York. She posted a big sign that she promised God she would do when she was healed, said God answers prayers. And it may not always be the prayers you want answered, but that sign makes people think every time they drive, whether you're atheist or agnostic or Christian or Jewish or Buddhist or whatever you are. It gives you time to think and see that, and sometimes you need to process things, you know. And that sign, is what, that's what she gave back to God for healing her. To make people, and to this day, that sign remains 50, 50 some years later. Out off of 9A in the Briarcliff area, if people know here, the area here in New York. And, uh, you know, it stands for all time, you know, um, to make people think. You know, so it's the little things like that. And, and the little things that are big things because everyone that stops at that red light by that sign sees that sign. That's so right. it gives you a chance to maybe process it, you know. And, uh, but that's what I'm saying, that he does answer prayers. It may not be the ones you want, but he usually answers the ones I feel that are best suited for you to continue this journey and to learn our life lessons, you know. Yeah. You know, well, you um, know I've had people God say, gives you know, us God. emotions, but mm-hmm. Satan, I think, plays on our emotions. He'll lie to Heck you. yeah. Yep. And, yep, you know, you have to learn how to control your emotions and that's hard for me. I'm a very emotional person. She, you know, she told me I mean, the other day when I called just screaming and crying about something. <laughs> <laughs> We've done this to each other, by the way, people, her and I both. Yeah. You know, like I said, we're not God. We're, we 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 have the emotions, and it, we're good friends. And I can call her up and say, oh, my gosh, uh, you know what happened yeah. today, you know. You know, would you like some cheese with that wine? <laughs> that's what friends but, are for. And, you know, thank it's you. Like, um, thank you. With you, um, and this doesn't happen, you know, a lot, I feel right. that synchronicity. Like we were meant to right. be friends. You of know, we um, yeah. a, a comfortable level, you know, mm-hmm. where you don't have with everyone. Everyone. No, you don't. No. Nope. I've had friends that have been friends 50 years and I don't have that with. Yeah, I, I really do. I, I I feel like I can't. I feel like my my confidence has been betrayed. I've been hurt. I, I they don't understand me after fifty years. Something just happened. Well, actually, a few things happened recently with different people that I've known for years. And I'm like, oh dear God! All you had to do was pick up the phone and ask me, instead of blunting or putting things on my Facebook and hurting me. Right. I'm like, how yeah. dare you? Before you knew the whole story, 
I'm, I'm angry. I'm not going to lie to you. I'm angry at a lot of people right now. I really am. This move has. Yeah. I don't want to be, but I'm. I'm angry. I'm really angry. I'm not saying put your own needs aside to help me, but you know that I'm elderly. You know that, you know I'm not in the greatest health with the MS. It's hard for me to do things. You couldn't spare an hour or two, or just call me, say Peggy, you okay? No, they haven't even done that. And I'm like, what kind of friends are these? What kind of friends are they really? My friends, but they don't hesitate to call me when they need something. You know, and and I, that's that's the part that upsets me. So maybe it's a God smack, it's God telling me, Peg, you need to put yourself first for a while, because um, you can't be good even with the show or anything else. You can't be good for anybody else unless you're good with yourself first. Right. You know, this 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 move has knocked the hell out of me. I mean, it really has knocked the hell out of me. It's not a normal move. It's you know the whole situation. Um, right. You know basically forced to move because of greedy town people. Long story, uh, you know, it's, it was complicated and lies being made against people. It's just, it's, it's insanity. And, everybody's, and everybody thinks by this move that my life's going to be happy, happy, joy, joy. No, I'm still, there's still the fact that I've lost my kids and lost these people close to me. And what am I supposed to just because I moved into a new dwelling, forget everything? They think this big miracle is going to happen. It, yeah, it's a nice place, but, you know, it was. I had no choice, you know. Right, yeah. It's not your normal move. So everybody sees it from their own point of view. They're not really seeing it through my eyes and how hard it's been on me, you know. Right, yeah. So that's where it lies. And, and I think people need to start sitting back a little bit and, you know, what's the old saying? You don't know anything until you walk in my shoes, you know. Um, no, they haven't walked in my shoes. They're saying it like, well, they decide to move and it's great. And Yeah, well, good for you. That's not the way it was here. I didn't decide to move. I was forced to move. There's right. a difference. With yeah, prior complications. Line. Yeah, right. a room that was full of stuff after Hurricane Sandy because of mold issues, I couldn't go in. That I couldn't afford to get fixed and things had to be sorted through above boxes that throw out the bad and keep the good and it wasn't just about picking furniture up and moving to it. Everybody's thinking, oh, just pack a truck up and move. It wasn't that way. That's what I keep telling people, but they don't want to hear it. I've been telling them for three and a half years, you know, I needed help. Yeah. But I just kind of, like, let it go to the midnight hour because I had no help. Yeah. You know? So that's the bottom line. So I'm not going to say Do you agree with the, the blueprint thing? I mean, we can deviate. Oh, that we come with a plan? Yeah. I do to a point. I've thought about it. I believe that we are here to learn lessons. Uh I look at what's happened to me, and I'm like, "What the hell was I thinking?" Because <laughs> well, I, yeah, I, I think really we all don't get to that point. I'm, you know, this. I've gotten tired before, physically, mentally, spiritually. This move next to losing my kids has not really knocked the hell out of me, knocked knocked the breath out of me, and it's yeah. still I'm. I look around and I look at this, and it, my place is beautiful. It's a manufactured home, uh, two bed, two bath, two decks, beautiful in the mountains. Do anything is we have bears here. We really because I live in a place called Bear Mountain. I just thought it was a zoo they called it. I didn't know that you had to put bungee cords on your garbage pills for the bears go in it. I have to start it. calling you Yogi. <laughs> oh, hey Yogi, hey Boo Boo. You know? <laughs> Well, I'll tell you a funny story because when I was about to move in here and the one that manages the property, because we have uh, we don't own the land like my other place, we own the homes. 
Okay, it's not a mobile. My last place was a mobile home. This is more magnified. They they look like regular, you know, ranch houses. You know, they're not mobile homes. They're on concrete and basically like prefabs, you know. And so I move into this place, and I thought my neighbor's kind of a kidder like me. She manages the property, and uh, she goes, I'll just watch the bears. So I thought, yeah, she's just kidding me, right? Well, I get up one morning, and I see my neighbor's garbage all over the place. I'm thinking, oh, my God. Well, what raccoon got into that? So my neighbor said, my other neighbor says to me, no, it was the bear. I said, I'm looking at her like, get out of here, you know, until, <laughs> until, the word, keyword until. I go sit on my deck one morning about 7 o'clock, just had my bacon and eggs. and I'm not a coffee drinker, so I had my juice and sat on my deck, and here comes Yogi walking up the street like he owns the place. I said, is this live or is this Memorex? This is real. I'm like, oh, my gosh. I I'm like, I, I now now picture this. I'm almost 63, pretty much 95% crippled because I can walk, but barely. Trying to get into my house as fast as I can. The Mama, don't jam. move too fast. <laughs> and I'm like, you know, feet don't fail me now. You know? <laughs> and the bear, and he's, you know, he's a friendly bear, but I don't know how friendly he is. And cute. <laughs> and I'm like, the hell with this. I'm moving out of <laughs> here. What was I thinking? What was I thinking? I thought they were kidding me, but we do have bears here. And then I posted on Facebook, and everybody's saying, well, you know, we got bears, too. This is how you handle it. I don't care how you handle it. I'm going to handle it my way. I ain't going outside. <laughs> oh, oh, they don't bother you. Oh, really? They don't bother you? Okay. Not what I heard about bears, you know. Yeah. But it, it was scary. It's a whole new uh, lifestyle for me. You know, I, I'm afraid to barbecue in my yard. <laughs> they like food. If they smell like cooking, are they going to come and visit, you know? Um, you know, I didn't set out to be a forest ranger. Take your steak or your burger away. Well, I'm kind of, yeah. Well, and I'm, you know what? And I'm I'm not being, you know, this. I'm not being facetious. This is real. You know, um, I joke with my neighbor across the street. He was on his deck barbecuing. My grill got as far as below my deck, uh, my front deck. And he's out there barbecuing one night. And I said, oh, I'm good, glad I'm, that you're barbecuing because because he, the bear will probably get to you first. But, and then I can go cook my stuff and die. <laughs> <laughs> to be honest, I've got to barbecue because I'm not kidding. I'm scared. I'm scared, but I'm, I got to get used like anything else in life. You got to get used to it, you know, and the show isn't about that, but we're just showing our human side about things we go through and the, what, you know, what life's about. And we all go through things, you know, and, um, and, uh, trials and tribulations. Yeah. 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 Different, like, like facts of life. There's a song I played in the beginning of the show. It's they take the good with the bad, you know what I'm saying? Right. And yeah. it's true. And it's like, okay, well, I have to get used to this new lifestyle, you know, and I'm sure I will. I haven't seen a bear in a bit, you know, and I've been sitting out there. I just, uh, since we bungee cord, bungee corded the pails, <laughs> I'm like, oh, my gosh, oh, my gosh. My poor son, every time he goes to take it out, he's, like, looking over his shoulder. <laughs> <laughs> 
I had to blackmail him tonight to do this. I'm like, uh-huh. I'll get this for you if you take those two bags out right now. <laughs> as long as it's daylight, we're good. But I, that that bear I actually saw in the daylight. I thought they only came out at night. So I'm I'm reading up on bears and hibernation and probably have more peace in the winter when they're hibernating, hopefully. <laughs> yeah, that's I gotta get true. Used to it, like, like anything else in life, so... So anyhow, so love, what, um, mm-hmm. after love comes learn, right? For me, and then right. teach. Um, right. I mean, we're supposed to bring people to God. That's part of you right. know our service. Mm-hmm. And you know, I haven't I haven't been able to go to church. Now somebody did invite me, and mm-hmm. I'm thinking about going. Um, I could use the human contact and the fellowship right. thing, and I wasn't able to, as a caregiver, um, mm-hmm. to, to go to church. But I think maybe it's time I, I put some branches out, mm-hmm. and hopefully, you know, I'll find, you know, a, you know, fellowship. Um, well, that's the thing about church, too, because I tell people, you know, you can pray. God hears you no matter where you pray. But we're living in a society with cell phones and texting and Facebook and social media. And we're losing the failure. Like I, and I talked about that in the beginning of the show, if you want to go back to the archive, the failure to thrive. But I think the most important thing in, to be, I mean, this is all God's house. I mean, Earth is all God's house. So the universe is all God's house. It doesn't have to be a structural building. But I think the unity of fellowship is important, like you said. The one-on-one discussing face-to-face, not just you and I talking over the phone or on Facebook about it. I think the the touching, the hugging, the you know, it's very important, and we're losing that in society these days. Don't you agree? Oh, and I, I think do, fellowship yes. it, at a church is very important. So I, I would stress that for more people to go back because I was heartbroken this year. Our church where my dad worked and my grandfather before him and my uncle, it was in the family like 100 years, closed the doors last year. I was wow. broken. I yeah. spent a lot of time there. It's now reopened. Um, it's not the same. It's not St. Mary's Episcopal Church anymore. It's something. I don't know what it is, but I don't know what they're doing there. But I oh, actually I've church people coming out. to my house. Go, go ahead. I'm sorry. No, go ahead. No, no, go ahead. No, I've had church people coming to my house, but they're Jehovah's Witnesses. And yeah, I'm not yeah, well. sure what they believe, but I can pretty much bet that I don't believe the same way they do. I well, think they believe that think we die and we're not going to be re- resurrected until, you know, till the end. Well, that's Jesus what they did. And I I like I say about my show, every denomination is welcome, but I had issues with them as a child uh at a very young age. Um my best friend Denise was 10, I was 9. It was the last day of school. Her dad was a uh, correctional officer at the famous Sing Sing prison, okay? which was the town below us. And um, he was on vacation, and big guy, he was 48, 49. And he was hanging screens on the back porch, got chest pains. It ended up he went in the hospital and he died out of the blood. Oh, no. Now, Roy, her dad, um, was like a second dad to me because I, I spent more time probably at their house than I did, even growing up, but more than I did my own, okay? Mm-hmm. It was another, like... One of the first blows next to, you know, death. Somebody close where I saw every day as a young child. And I can remember we just got off the bus, and five minutes later, she's running down the street. We live two houses apart and crying. And I'm like, Denise, what's the matter? And we're kids. 
Yeah. My daddy said, my daddy said, my daddy. I'm like, I, I had a panic attack. I didn't know what it was back then. I ran, instead of consoling her, I ran away because I couldn't breathe. I was devastated. Yeah. I was, you know, great friend I was, you know, but I didn't know. I had a panic attack. And then we got together, and I'm like, oh, my gosh. And then, you know, got through the funeral and what have you. Um, and about a week later, Denise and I were playing, and this is hard. I mean, now she, here she is, 10 years old, and that, you know, out of the blue. And it was no warning. Not that it would help if there was a warning. But I right. remember the Jehovah Witnesses showing up there that day. And now you're very impressionable at that age of anything anybody says. Am I right? You know, nine, ten years old? That's true. Yeah. And they're looking at us, and the the Jehovah Witnesses turn to her and says, "Is your mommy home?" And she says, "Not right now." What about your daddy? You know, she wouldn't tell. And she goes, "My daddy died." They said, "Oh no, your daddy's sleeping." I looked oh, at mommy. her, and she looked at me. I. It's funny that you brought this up because it's it's a, it's a sore a thorn still on my side about Jehovah Witnesses back then. And not that I bring anybody down, you know, but uh, I was very upset. And yeah. your daddy's sleeping? So we looked at each other. What do you mean he's sleeping? So what do we go to the cemetery and wake him up? How do you say that to a 9- or 10-year-old kid? Yeah. And then uh, as the years went... Christine's book wasn't out then. Grammy visits from heaven. <laughs> well, well, they don't believe. They believe that you're put in the ground, you're, you fall asleep until you're resurrected, and that's it. That's what their belief is, because I, I went out with a Jehovah Witness at one point. Um, but well, anyhow, my belief is um, that when a person dies, the, the, your soul they go. Yes. To yeah, my belief is that, and then then at the final resurrection, then we all resurrect. You know, but not that you just stay in the ground till you resurrect. That you know, I don't believe that, and I'm sorry, and I don't feel that anybody should force it down anybody's throat. You know, um, well, I engage because it happened. Nice I just I want to tell you just a brief story. What one last thing I want to make a point here. When my son Mark was dying five years ago. They were knocking on my door then, and I normally didn't let them in, but I was so tired. I mean, it was around the clock here for years with my kids, and I was at the end of the rope, you know, and I wasn't going to turn anybody away, and she was very nice, and can I do anything to help you? And I just, I needed more friends at that point, I felt, you know? Yeah. Well, but then I kept telling her, she kept coming at unopportune times. I mean, I had a lot of work to do. There were IVs and sterilization equipment and pills and feeding him with IVP and doctor. And I was overwhelmed, and I couldn't visit with her, but she wouldn't listen right. to me. And I would say, you know, I'll call you. I have your number when things settle down. She wouldn't stop. Well, finally, she got the hint, and months went by. Mark passed away, my son. Now, I had just lost, like you know, my son and husband within nine months, both sick, caring for both of them at the same time. It was horrible. So I go to sit on my deck one day, and her and a friend show up. I sat on my deck with me, and, and, and I told them, well, you know, my husband and Mark both passed now. And so we started talking about the Bible and blah, 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 blah. And she got this look on her face that really freaked me out, and I'm not going to lie to you. She goes to me, what do you call God? I said, God. She goes, you need to call him Jehovah, almost like an animal. I'm like, excuse me? She goes, you need to call him Jehovah by his right name. I'm like, whoa. I looked at her. I said, you need to leave. That was it. Don't come back. You don't tell me to call God Jehovah, whatever. He gave me free will. I've allowed you. I mean, I felt like I was being tortured. 
And maybe I shouldn't say this on there, but I really did. And I know a lot of people have a problem with these people. And I'm not here to condemn Jehovah's Witnesses because you know they believe what they believe as long as they believe in our you know you know our, our Savior Jesus Christ. But mm. I don't believe in the way they believe either. And um, I'm not well, here to tell you. Things... Yeah, go, go ahead. ahead. One of our secretities no, is that when we were both grieving, right. um, somebody recommended uh, Betty Eady's book, you know, yes. Embraced by the Light. Yep, that and we both when read that died. book. Mm-hmm. And when Betty Eady w- had the chance to visit heaven and ask questions, she was allowed mm-hmm. to come back with some of the answers. And she said that right. when she was there, she asked... There's so many religions. Which one is the right one? And Mm -hmm. God told her that people are drawn to what feeds their soul. There is no right religion. There's only us and God and, you know, of course, Jesus and the Holy Spirit, the Trinity. And I do believe that, too. Mm -hmm. I do, too. Um, And, you know, you're thirsty inside for something, and that that may be what I'm feeling. You know, I Mm -hmm. I want to serve... Uh, the Lord, and I want to share, uh, right. and I would like to learn more about Him. You know, but I don't want mm-hmm. I don't want people telling me what I I need to believe. Or well, that you was know, like the Pierre Resistance with me, just the way she looked at me, almost like evil, and said, "You need to call Him for Jehovah." And that's how she said it to me. I'm like, "Whoa, back up." I'm like, well, I, I, I told her the from Bible, the get-go I was Episcopalian, and that I was yeah. not changing my religion. I was born in that church. I will die in that church. I am open to all religions, but don't think you're going to change me. You know, um, don't you can't force God gives us free will. No uh, other uh, religion, whether it be Jehovah's Witness or Christian or Jewish or any other faith, should force that. Knock on your door and force it down your throat. I'm not saying don't knock no. on the door and voice your opinion, but to to come at you like a, a, a crazed animal. And tell me I should call him and, and say it evil almost. I was like, whoa, back up. That I freaked out. I freaked out. I well, have to be honest with you. Well, when they come you know, and read a passage from the Bible, you know, they, they have mm-hmm. their Bible and it, it's full right. of Jehovah this and Jehovah that. I yeah, get I my Bible out. Right. And, you know, I see what it says, uh, but they they do supplement the name Jehovah instead of God. Well, I mm-hmm. think in the Bible, from my recollection, it, it talks mm-hmm. about Jehovah uh, one, exactly. one time. It talks right. about the day of Pentecost, um, mm-hmm. but it doesn't it doesn't devote a lot of time to either. Right. So, to me, um, these people have taken that particular word and started a, a church or a faction or. You know, and based on Jehovah. Yeah. Right. And right. I may be incorrect. I may have a skewed version. Well, but like I said, I, I like mean, we're version. not ministers. <laughs> no, I do too. King James, I mean, is mine. I, I have a, a, a one that my sister gave me years ago, which is kind of a layman's uh, woman's Bible. Um, that actually kind of got ruined in Hurricane Sandy, being that I was a victim. And that was one of the things I did save the other day. I didn't care if there was a little bit of water stain or what on it. I was taking that with me. It was important to right. me. You know? I mean, a lot of books I had to throw in the garbage broke my heart that I didn't even got to read yet because I like to read. And my whole two bottom shelves I had built in bookcases in my living room that had to be thrown out, the, the books. It broke my heart. 
But what that was one that version? I was able to salvage. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, well, of course, those things are important. I have yep. children's Bibles, one in blue, one in pink, and, and mm-hmm. you know, old Disney VHS movies that I was preparing for grandchildren. Um, right. And still have no one to give them to. Um, mm-hmm. But, you know, you never say never. I'm... <laughs> I still Open. may have grandchildren at some point, um, mm-hmm. but uh, you know, and things that my mom gave me, and you right, know, I mean, right. that are special. Yeah, the things you inherited. That's why what I've been trying to explain to people about this move. There were some things that got semi-damaged, like for instance, the two books that people signed in at my both children's funerals. I grabbed them right after the hurricane because the water came in. I had three feet of water in the living room of my house after the hurricane, oh. but it, it it went out within five hours, so it's not like it stayed in there. So we had fans going and trying to dry things out with what we could save. And though they've got somewhat that Bible and the books from the funerals, water damage, these are something that I'm not going to throw in the garbage no matter what, you know. They may sit in my closet in a special box and smell misty or whatever, but sorry, (laughs) you know. This is why I say this move was difficult because I had a whole room of things even after the hurricane that because we had sheds float from our property right into the river and the other ones that got hit the stuff that was above we had a kind of store in that living room until we put new sheds up and unfortunately the person that was doing the work didn't couldn't complete it and I didn't have the money to pay anybody else and so I haven't gone through this stuff in over three years this is why it's not just pick up the couch and the tables and the furniture and move that's not the type of move I did, and I keep trying to tell people this: you don't know how complicated this is. It, it's I had to go through bags and boxes and bins, and mm-hmm. and what can I save, and what can I save, and what's and I threw out a lot of stuff, but I had to get to the stuff that I had to save. You know, not like yeah. a hoarding mm-hmm. save, but very little things that were very very important. Little things that were well, really of a big importance to me. Yeah. And that's what I've been trying to explain to people. But you know what? Unless they've lived it, you know, I've, I, you know, a year before the hurricane, like you know, I lost, you know, my husband and my son nine months apart, and then I got hit with the hurricane. I lost most of my memories, pictures, and I mean, come on, you know. And now this other move in 2001, I lost my house foreclosed the nine months before my daughter died because of finances, and I'm like, okay, I've had moves upon move forced upon me, you know, and. It's not normal, <laughs> you know, mm-hmm. and this is really taking its toll on me every which way, uh, holistically, you know, and uh, I'm starting to calm down a little bit. I'm still frustrated, but, you know, it's, it is what it is. I mean, you t- you took up the, so to speak, the cross uh, because your kids both had cystic fibrosis. Yes, right. Um, yeah. And you've helped other families and, and, you know, you and Meg especially, um, mm-hmm. I mean, didn't you do interviews and? Meg, my daughter was the um, my daughter was born in 1973. Nobody knew what cystic fibrosis still was. You know, I never even heard of it. And I went to a nursing program. Okay, they didn't teach genetics back then. They still don't teach a hell of a lot of it. You know, hmm. and she was diagnosed in, at three years, about three years old, 76, and. Um, I got involved in the foundation because I've always been a go-getter, and people knew me. I was a guest on Regis and Kathy Lee on the morning show. They heard about me because I started the first door-to-door campaigns. Nobody knew what it was. I brought up the public awareness. 
Good. So Meg ended up in People magazine, and uh, on the actually, if you go back, if you go in archives of the cover back in '77, I think it was with Charlie's Angels on it. My daughter's in that article in the in that book in, in People's. No oh, way. Uh, she became what? I'm sorry. I said, oh wow. <laughs> She yeah, became a so spokesperson? She, she, I became the spokesperson for the foundation. I started the first door-to-door campaign, and then we kicked off for public awareness, and then we started bolathons, bikeathons, and our, then people started realizing what cystic fibrosis is about. So I said without it, I could have sat back and did nothing and just wait for my daughter to die because at three, they, back then the odds were I was sat down that day and said she may live to five, ten tops. I said, I ain't letting this happen. She lived almost yeah. 29, thank God. Had two children, yeah. even, uh, that don't have the disease. But if you, you know, break down, I've done shows on cystic before. It'll tell you how it works, but uh, I don't feel like going into it now. But well, um, um, our middle son, they thought he was tested for it, and the test mm-hmm. came out 50-50, of course, the sweat test. And we yes. had to wait another uh, grueling week, week to, to have yeah. the, the next one done. And thank God he was he was negative, but... You know, I don't scary. know if he carries the gene. Well, the thing is, my because each child that you have is with the same spouse because you're both carriers, but you don't have the disease. Every the only thing I will tell you, every human being on this planet has three genetic diseases. We all do. Genet, um, genes are viruses that, at one point in time, acted as a protector against dysentery or uh, different diseases. What? part of the world you were from, and they go crazy as a year because they mutate, you know? My husband and I, one in 20 people at the time of the white population were carriers, usually the German-Italian descent. Uh, We grew up two blocks apart. We didn't know this. We got married, had kids. There was no test back then for it, you know? It wasn't like a washerman test or anything like that. Now they can test you for it, thanks to our efforts. Um, And then the child's diagnosed, and then we had had two kids at that point out of the four, and we said they said my son had to be tested. And I, in my book on Amazon, Rainbows, Butterflies, and One Last Hug, I explain some of this. Mm-hmm. Uh, the one story is the Easter miracle. My son Donnie, who's now going on 42, lives in Carolina, was tested, and he also was 50-50. And been, he was the one with the lung problems. He had the terrible asthma. He used to steam him in the middle of the night in the shower to get him breathing right. And they're like, well, we're pretty sure that he's got it too. He got tested, and it was 50-50. So I went through the whole Easter weekend, and they said, well, we're going to have to retest him, another sweat test. Right. And something happened. If you read my book, you'll see what happened. I call it my Easter miracle. Uh-huh. I believe he did, and he was healed. I really do. Yeah. It's in the book. You know, you can even go and maybe go on Amazon. You don't have to buy the book. I mean, you can get the Kindle for three ninety nine if you want, but I don't care. I don't make much money on them. And yes, writing books doesn't make you a millionaire. Trust me. You know, I'm still paying on <laughs> that I borrowed to buy my own books to sell them. Uh, so anyhow, um, to make a long story short, you know, you can go in there and look inside the book. You can probably look up the Easter Miracle and see it. And um, so he got tested a few weeks later, and it was negative. And something happened that weekend, um, if you read the book, and that's one of my first miracles. I believe it was a miracle. I believe he had it, and he was, he was cured. I really do. Oh, I've I really seen, do. I've seen miracles, and, and <clears throat> I, I try to remind myself of that, too, Marsha. Right. You saw miracles happen. What makes you think mm-hmm. they're over? Miracles oh, yeah. can happen for you, Every too. Day. Every day. Even with my MS, I'm... 
I have people sending me things about the stem cell ones and whatever, and I'm hoping that, you know, I'm 63. I'm pretty much at the end of the toilet layers, you know, I know, but I'm like, I'm living every day as it comes, you know. We're every in the day zone, twilight zone. Yeah, exactly. We're in the zone, <laughs> the twilight zone, yes, without Rod Sterling. And um, do-do-do-do-do-do-do. <laughs> but um, anyhow, I, I hope maybe even if I could get, Cured at the end of it. I mean, just to walk again. The things that people take for granted, and and I don't, is I used to love to walk, you know, and I can't take a walk. People used to tell me after my son, especially my son, go take a walk. It's like, did you forget I have a mess and I don't walk? I'd like to go take a walk and forget my problems. I can't. I can't. It takes me anywhere from a half an hour plus every morning to get out of bed to get my legs moving just so I can make it to the, the, the bathroom or the kitchen. People just don't get that with me, you know. Right. I've had people get angry at me because they ring my doorbell, and by the time I get there, they're going, they're like, what do you think you're too good to I'm like, I have a mess. Do you not listen to me? <laughs> I can't yeah. run to a door, you know. Well, I, I mean, think... besides being, you know, rude, I, I could have been in the bathtub. You know what I mean? Right. People just don't stop and think anymore. They really don't, you know. I've had fights caused because of this in the family. People have gotten upset with me, you know. It happened this Christmas I've told you about. and I'm like, oh, my gosh, I, I'm telling you, you know I have a mess. People don't want to face the fact that I have a sickness, you know. Right. And what it's easy for them to do isn't easy for me, the simple thing like walking. And I'm not having a pity party. It's a reality. It's truth. But you know, you and it's like, it's sort of like oh. why, why don't they go, I mean, with social media and, and you know, mm-hmm. the Internet, they could mm-hmm. look it up and see how it affects people and then relate that to you, you know. And they don't want to know. They, they don't want to see me sick. That's what it is. They don't want to face the reality that I have an illness. Yeah. You know, denial. I've been a sick person all these years. <laughs> to, exactly. Yep, the longest river, right? <laughs> yeah. Um, they don't want to face that reality. I mean, and I've been a sick person. I've... I've Got diagnosed, and the show really isn't about this, but I guess tonight we don't have anybody wanting to talk for some reason, probably because they don't realize I'm on, because I haven't been off so long. But um, <clears throat> I've had MS since I was nine years old. I was misdiagnosed with uh, encephalitis. I was very sick as a kid. I had the symptoms of my whole life. Um, at 50, finally, you know, MRIs are showing I had damage. I had uh, spots all over my, both hemispheres in my brain, and and then they finally did the EMG testing with me, and my neurologist took me in his office. He goes, we can definitely diagnose. You are one of the few we can definitely say you have it. And I said, why? He says, because you have optinchoritis, means uh, the front part of my brain shows the damage from it. It's yeah. different from any other illness, um, what they saw through the electrical testing. And then my, my ophthalmologist saw it you know, when he did the testing on my eyes. So I definitely have it. I've had it my whole life. I've been complaining. I, after I got better as a child to a point, my mother used to yell, get up, you know, you're barohypochondriac, and get up for school. I'm like, Mom, I'm tired. There's a tiredness that you get with MS. It's not like a normal thing if you read about it. You can mm-hmm. sleep 12 hours and wake up exhausted. And I have my days late, and that's why this move has been hard on me too, because days that people want to, the few that want to come help me, it's like, I can't. Because I have to be there to go through this stuff. They can't just pick up stuff and come. 
I have to go through it, and I can't. I mean, I have been literally sitting in my car while someone's been bringing me stuff in bags and bins to go through what, okay, this gets chucked, this doesn't, this gets thrown away, because I had to have the air conditioning going in my car. I've gone through tanks upon tanks of gas, which just costs money I don't have, and that's what I'm saying. This move has been really difficult. Yeah. Not only because I'm elderly and, and money, and it's because I'm, I'm sick. <laughs> yeah. And it's, the yeah. heat has been brutal here in New York, and, and, and it's been really hard. And I'm tired. I'm tired just from the disease, let alone with the heat, which really affects MS. And I just, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm worded out. I'm exhausted uh, trying to tell people. They're, they're exhausting me, trying to explain it to them because they're not, you know, walking in my shoes. Right. And if they were walking in my shoes, they wouldn't be walking because I don't walk. So, <laughs> 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 you know, I hate to say that. being be a little cliche here. Oh, the irony. But it's, you know, it, it's true. It's true. And they just don't get it why this is like, well, you know, you should be happy. <sighs> yes, I should be. You're right. But, <laughs> but. You're not getting it. You're not getting it how hard this is. And, you know, it's like, oh, boo-hoo. No, it's not boo-hoo. It's real. You know, pity people look for sometimes because they like to be drama queens and kings and make stuff up. Yeah, but if you I'm were not a pity party person, you wouldn't have become the spokeswoman for cystic fibrosis. Exactly. I mean, you advocate. Or, uh, yes. Yes, and people knew that for years, long before my MS got to the point where it is now, you know, when my own disease took over. And I was taking care of not one, but two. Uh, after, you know, Meg was diagnosed and dying, they told me, well, you you know, it's your decision if you ever want to work out. Of course, I wanted a big family. I was one of six, but I didn't try to have any more. I tried to prevent it. I'm not going to lie. And things happened. I was married. and. Seven years after Donnie, I got pregnant with Danny. And Danny had to be tested, and he was fine. And seven years went by, and I got pregnant for Mark. And here I was 35, and, you know, and uh, he ended up with it. I knew the chances were there. But I said to people, you know what? God must have wanted me to have these children. Um, I would have not created a day. I would. I did not want to see them suffer. But you know what? I said to people, is your kids going to live forever? You know? We all die, and 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 yes, uh, Mark had good years, Meg had good years, and they lived a life. I gave them a chance at least, you know. It was hard at times. Don't, don't I'm not gonna lie to you. It was hard for me, a sick person taking care of sick people, but I did it, you know. Yeah, but and look it's at like, all the you know, lives that not only you but they touched while they were here. Oh heck yeah. Yeah, I mean, yeah, she I mean, was she was she was a spokesperson alongside of me, to the point where, like I said, I got a call from ABC, a national network. Now I'm I'm a hometown girl, 30 miles north of New York City, and I'm just Peggy Imanisi, you know, my maiden and married name, and uh, you know, I'm a nobody as far as people are concerned. I'm not a star. And I get a call from a producer. There was uh, Frank DeFord's daughter, Alex, had the disease. She died. He did a Golden Showcase movie. And it was coming on the air. And they wanted somebody on Regis and Kathy Lee the next day to talk about their story. And I get a call. And I didn't know any of this. <clears throat> and um, 
I got a call at so-and-so from ABC, and I'm like, get out of here. And I'm laughing and thinking somebody was joking with me. I'm making jokes yeah, out of it. Yeah, a prank call or something. Yeah. yeah, I thought it was a prank call, you know, because I've gotten them before. You know, I got a lot of jokes for friends, and I'm like, who is this? Get, get out of here, you, you clown. I was so embarrassed. It was a producer from ABC. Look, we heard about your work. And I'm a Westchester. I'm not in the city. I'm not, you know, I'm kind of in the countryside of New York. And, you know, not far from New York, but, you know, not in the big Apple itself. And and I'm like, this is real. And they're like, we want you to come in the air with your daughter and tell your story. And I'm like, whoa, this is real. And I went, and I'm like, I'm scared to death. I'm not going to lie to you. As big as my mouth is, I was scared. You know, I was going to be, you know, on TV, you know. And, right, yeah. And it's funny. I told, And, again, my family not believing things, you know, how people are. They think I'm a jokester. And I'll never forget my niece. They thought I was going to be on a local cable show because nobody listens to me. And my niece is telling me her husband was working nights, and they woke up, and the show was on. And he nudges her. He goes, um, Sue, isn't that your Aunt Peg on Regis? <laughs> <laughs> and she goes, Oh, my gosh. She goes, I thought she'd been cable. She goes, oh, my goodness. And I was like, and then, you know, I become a superstar. I come back in the same clothes from the city, and I have to stop at the local supermarket. Everybody's like, I just saw you on TV. Like, it was a big thing, you know? And it's like, okay, (laughs) you want a biscuit? (laughs) (laughs) It's like it was no big deal as an ego thing. It was a big deal for public awareness, the important thing. I I brought out and told our story. I, that's yeah. what was important to me, and important exactly. for Meg. And well, then there, we there did the bike the teaching part. You know, it's yes. like you took. I know you like to say this. Lemon, the lemon's the lemonade. lemonade. <laughs> yeah. Sorry, Melissa, she's listening. My niece. But, I always say lemon's the lemonade. <laughs> yep. But that's what you did. You took a bad situation and mm-hmm. made the best out of it and educated yep. people. Um, mm-hmm. That. that Part of the okay, we come here first of all to love one another, to learn to love yes. one another, and exactly. as I said earlier, some people are harder and to, to love help than one another. Yep. Yes, help one yep. another. You know, learn yep. the life lessons that we agreed to come here to learn, and exactly. even though we can't wrap our mind around it, mm-hmm. um, I think we need to wrap our soul around it. That's Does that what's make important sense? because, yeah. Because the human body is just goes back to dirt, you know. Um, the soul is forever, and that's what my show, show, my show, <laughs> my my show. I sound like Ed Sullivan, a really big show today. Um, <laughs> my show is about, and it's, you know, my intuitiveness is to give you my firsthand experiences with the loss of so. And I, you know, I've lost for many. In short amount of time, yeah. it's like I'm keep getting slammed. But two children, not just one. And, you're and I'm not reading it out of a book, huh? So much that you think to yourself, I would, I would sign up for something like this. I would never. Well, that's what I said. I, 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 you know, but doing this is giving me purpose. It helps me. Just like my book, uh, my first book, and I have four more coming out now. And I don't, like I said before, I'm not a great author. I'm not a great writer. I just write what I, the truth. I've had, I had one uh, one review on my site that says, oh, save your money, what do we graph, medical, graph, I can't even talk. A lot of errors. Uh, well, hello. Um, actually, my niece is an editor, and she edited it. <laughs> so uh, that was just somebody who just wanted to make me look bad. I, I realized it because it was anonymous, you know, and it was mm-hmm. from the county I grew up in. So I knew, I pretty much got an idea who it was. It's after my little uh, Olsen controversy. So. 
So I don't care. I mean, even the best get bad reviews. Out of eight reviews, I've gotten seven good reviews and one bad, you know? Um, it's not about the reviews. It's about getting the word out. It started as jotting down notes. I believe in that, to getting your feelings out. And one day, a friend says, you have a book. And I'm thinking, you know, you're right. And I'm not an author. I'm not an author. I, I write. I like to write. I like poetry and whatever. And I and I write. Maybe people think, oh, you write like a kid. I don't sit there and get all friggin' philosophical. I, I do in a way, yeah, but I, as you say, Marcia, I write from you my heart. I write, say it like it is. Yeah. And it rhymes, and it's, it, it, it doesn't even matter. It's I, write, I do write from my heart. I write what I'm feeling, or I see somebody else posting something, I write for them. Every time I lose somebody, I write something for them, what they yeah. meant to me and other people. If that yeah. makes me a bad person, so be it. I don't feel no, like I'm a bad person. I think that's a creative part of the grieving process. It helps you get it yes. out. It yeah. helps yeah. you get it from, you know, out of your soul, in, in black and white in front of you. So, and, and exactly. Not only helps you, but helps other people who can read it mm-hmm. who've been through the same sort of loss. And we're well, that's not going to compare I do. loss. Exactly. Yep. You know, it's like, yeah. And like I said, I I'm not reading it, it out of a book going time. to school. I'm of the right. school life, you know, and I and it's it's really kind of weird, Marcia, because you know me. I'm, I'm I have no ego at all. I could care. I I am what I am, and I can't stand no more. You know, <laughs> I, I I just I'm me. Okay, I'm not looking for a pat on the back or money or any of that stuff. I I just feel good doing this. It makes me feel good to help others. I've always I've been like this since I was a little kid. You know, um, even when I was in the hospital as a kid, so sick, and I next thing you know, I was in a ward, and I was taking care of all the other kids in the ward. <laughs> I've yeah, always been like that. I've always that been a nurturer. You. That's yeah. just me. That's just me. Yeah. You know, and um, I always reach out. I'm, like I'm a huggy. Huh? I've been like that, like the protector of the underdog. or Exactly, you know, exactly. <laughs> yeah. But I never realized the amount of people I've touched until... A couple of times I'll bring up recently. Um, there were two moms the same weekend. I'm not going to mention names that lost kids to suicide. Well, one lost two of them in 20 months, and she was a, she's she was very in bad shape. Okay, another one too. And there are people that I've saved from taking their own lives by just being there for them. You know, I've had people contact me said I can't do it anymore. I don't know how you do it, but I just can't do it. And I've talked them out of it. And I've had to sit down and say to them, look, it, I've been there. I, people had me on suicide watch after I had Marcus. I told everybody, I can't do this again. I just mm-hmm. can't go through this again. I can't do it. People were watching me like a hawk, and I knew it. And I'll tell you, for five weeks there, I scared myself. But when my senses started to come back, I'm thinking, oh, my gosh. I have two other sons. I have two grandkids. And whether they don't talk to me or not, they've had the same loss as me in a different mm-hmm. way. My grandkids lost their mother at when they were four and seven. My sons have lost their brother and sister and, and their dad. And yeah. if I selfishly take my own life because it's all about me, that's not love. I'm not saying people that do it don't didn't love people. Of course they did, and there's people that that can't take it anymore. I understand. I've been there. I understand. I had a boyfriend. It was just this week, 45 years ago, my boyfriend before I got married killed himself. Out of, there was no warning. I just put all the seventh. It was forty-five years. So I put it on uh, wow. my science page. Yeah. But the thing is, I've been affected by suicide too, and I know what it devastated me. It still devastates me what Johnny did. 
you know, I got married after that to somebody else, but whatever, whatever. But, and I don't put anybody down that, you know, it's a terrible thing to do. You know, life is a terrible thing to waste. And there is help out there. Please get it. Please. I mean, if anybody was going to do it, I could have done it very easily. You know, there were times well, I just, I, I was to the point. I just yeah, couldn't do yeah. it. But I, I you yeah, have to think. You have to think. And I thank God I feel, and I, I give God the credit. He woke me up and says, Peg, wake up. Yes, I know you're depressed, and I know you're hurt, and I know you don't want to go on. But, I, you know, my, my motto is there's 365 days a year. If you have one good day of those days, that's better than no days alive. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. You can be depressed 360. There are times I have been depressed for 364 days a year, you know? Mm-hmm. But I think I cry to grass, and I, this is what I say to people. Grab that one moment, that one day that you've had good times, and try to make them happen more and more. Mm-hmm. I know it may sound dumb, but it's true. I call and that, I'm even doing that now because I'm I'm depressed now. I'm not going to lie to you. I'm depressed with all this going on. And yeah. I keep holding on because I know there's going to be a light at the end of this tunnel. Yes, there you will know, be. I, I, just, I just saw a light for you. It was well, I just saw, was it? <laughs> well, uh, thank you. And Marcia sees light. She, uh, I know it sounds crazy, but that's her gift. You know, just like my gift is everybody thinks I'm nuts, but that's how we do it. God gives us these gifts. And... Uh, the green light that Mars just excuse me pardon me the green light that Mars just saw meant go ahead go ahead there ain't no stopping you girl you've come yeah. this far and I've been yeah. bummed and I'm but I'm gonna tell you something I you know I have a son home I don't talk much about his he had Lyme disease as a little guy uh, when I was pregnant with my Mark who passed and really severe case of it and then he hurt his back uh, years later and. Then he went through all these losses. Lost a lot of things happened to him, so he hasn't worked in a while, and he's got a severe back issue. But we think the Lyme disease is still um, it's activated and causing a lot of his medical problems right now. He's being tested, okay? And he's of course been depressed with it. He's lost some losses I lost, you know, and he lives with me still. And I'll tell you, when we walked into this place, he didn't get to see the inside um, before the move. Before we moved in. I saw a light come back in this kid's eyes like a spark, and I knew it was right. The move here was right. You know, the other place was we moved in there, and then, you know, lost his dad and brother, and then the hurricane, and and all the other stuff that was going on, with, and plus physical issues with him. And and now he wants the help, you know. I mean, you can just live on Motrin and, and exercise so long before we got to find out what's going on here, you know. He didn't have medical insurance. We just worked on getting him medical help that way because it took a while, and I didn't have the money, and it was one of those circumstances. I'm not going to go into all every detail, but I saw a light come back in this kid's eyes when we moved in here, and I knew it was right. I knew it was right, and uh, I feel good about that, and I, I feel I feel like I'm meant to be here, you know? Yeah. Um, I loved the other place. Don't get me wrong. I had a great view and beach and everything. And now I'm in the mountains and bears, lions and tigers and bears. I'm like, you know. <laughs> <laughs> well, I call suicide a, a permanent solution to a solution temporary to a temporary problem. problem. Thank yeah. you. I always said that too. Boy, we never even talked about that. That's no. great. That's great. 
Hold on. I just I want mean, to see problem. how much I'm we're yapping away here. we got about 15 minutes left or 16 minutes left to the show if anybody wants to, uh, you know, talk to us. I don't see anybody wanting to talk tonight. And there's some people in the chat room. Some have been in. They go back out and whatever. And a lot of people just want to call in for readings. I found out on my show, and I guess I'm, I'm not giving them or – I give them when God gives them to me. Sometimes we just need to talk for people to hear our story. And I notice I go back, I have a um, – you know, my archives, once the show is done, within 15 minutes, archived forever. It's My shows are forever. You can go back and listen. I'm a, well, like I said, what am I going on? Three years now, right? January, I think it'll be three years. And um, I see people every week, newcomers coming on, listening to my shows from three years ago. You know, I, don't, and I don't believe people who commit suicide are automatically going to hell. See, I'm not, no, I don't either. Mm-hmm. I... I I, th- that's, I know. A, that's a human judgment. Yeah. 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 yeah, yeah. God. There's mental God illness. Me There's mental illness. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, that there are different levels of heaven. Right. So I mean, yeah. it's sort of like be the best person that it, you you know God wants you mm-hmm. to be while right. you're here, because it's uh-huh. sort of like you you want to attain the same level as your loved ones, right? Right. Wouldn't, wouldn't well, none of us get out of here alive. Suicide, sickness, exactly. old age, young age. None of us get yeah, out of here right. alive. And a lot of people don't want to face the mortality of that. You know, there are moments of right. mortality. Only God knows each heart. And only Thank God you. knows what, you know, if people commit suicide. Caused it, yeah. 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 Um, and I'm not saying when I tell people that, oh, look at me, some Sandra D, like I would say, that, you know, I stopped two moms from doing this. Uh, it was the same weekend. And. I'm glad I could be there to listen to them and put things in perspective and say, hey, wait, I lost two kids, yeah. and I'm sick, and I hurt every single day of my life, but I still get up and I go. And I told them, I've been where you're at, okay, and I know how hard it is to stay here. And I told them how I woke up that one day, and I and I felt like God spoke to me and says, look, you can't put these kids, other kids through and the grandkids through this because of the same losses in different ways. And What would they have done if I did it too? I had this one mom telling me, like, she's no good for the grandkids now this way, you know? Because one of the children that committed suicide had children. And um, I said, you may not be good now, but you won't be good at all if you take your life. And now I, I look at her pages and I see her smiling and laughing again and it's it's attainable is what I'm trying to tell people. It's grief comes in um uh series uh, many forms, uh series of um levels. You know, you go through denial, anger, shock, you know, just different stages, okay? Bargaining the whole and, thing, yeah. Yeah, and you have to go through them, you know. you got to let these people be, especially child loss. It's a different category. I'm sorry, people, but it is. I've lost a brother and sister, parents, husband. Children is the worst. I'm sorry, it is. It's just, it, it, I wouldn't say, it's different. Let me put it that way, it's different. It's not supposed to happen. It's just a whole different feeling, okay? Not mm-hmm. taking away from anybody's grief at all, okay? But I'm just telling you, it's different. If you ever lost a kid, you just don't know. You know, and I've lost two, so I know, okay? But... The thing is, we're all going to hurt, but we'll, we all go. Even after that, you can go on, is what I'm telling these parents. It's not easy when the holidays come. Like one of my poem, I always refer to the empty chairs at the table. If you don't think, even with the show 
and writing and helping other people. I don't sit there and cry on Christmas when I got all the memories from back or, or yeah. the angel dates they died or my daughter my daughter, my first kid died actually on Mother's Day. I said to God that they why don't you just slap me in the face? Yeah. <laughs> so I not only lost a kid and Mother's Day is gonna be hard enough, but I've lost two now and one actually on Mother's Day. I mean, come on. Oh, really? Yeah. And it's like, pity party now, it's real, man. Yeah. Mother's yeah. Day, and everybody's, oh, I got flowers, and yeah, I got kids in heaven, and one died on this day. I don't really feel like celebrating it, you know? I have one, yeah. my son, my older son, he can't even hardly, he can't pick up the phone and call me because it hurts him too much. But I understand it. He says, Mom, do you understand how I hate this day? And I, but you know what? As much as it hurts me, I understand it. Yeah. You know, this year, about 1030 at night, he, he did PM me. He goes, happy Mother's Day, but you know how I, I, I understand it. I hate the day. I hate it. Days yeah. that I should be loving, the holidays that I used to look forward to because it was happy, happy, joy, joy. I don't look forward that much. But I'm trying. It's all I can do, and that's all any of you can do. And you have you a new house. You can just keep trying. And you're I have a new have house, a and I'm going to tell you something. I haven't had a Christmas Christmas, and I can't remember. And I haven't had a, <clears throat> probably a real tree in 25 years. Well, I got this great big living room now, and I can't wait for Christmas this year. I'm going to start a new tradition, you know? And I'm going to decorate it <laughs> like it's never been decorated before. I'm looking forward to it. I have a spark a little bit this year, and I feel because of my beliefs, I know my other kids see and do and are with me in a different way. I've got – if you look at my science page, it's the same name as my show, but it's really not related to the show. It's my private page, kind of like a grieving page. It's called Signs of Love When Send Us Too. You can join it. Um, you know, it's it's the same name as the show, like I said, but it's kind of my private grieving page. And I – I post so many signs I get. It's it's remarkable. I've got orbs. I've got faces showing up. There's no doubt in my mind, even being intuitive, sometimes I need, I need like you, I'm human. I need, need that extra assurance. Yeah. Yeah, 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 I do. There's no doubt in my mind my kids are behind it. Everybody knows me, my triple twos, and boy, have they been hitting me. I haven't had a lot of signs lately, but except the twos, it's been nonstop. Uh, last week alone, I went down to the, the one mile exactly from my house, the little uh, convenience store. I had to go get milk. I walk in, and then I see a couple other things I need. I just went to get the milk. What's it come to? 2222. I mean, what was it? 2222. I look up the meaning well, of 2222, and it was about new beginnings, new starts. I'm like, wow. Okay, because my numbers are the triple twos. My son ended up dying at 22 on 222, but the numbers were way before his death, okay? Angel signs. Look them up on my page. You're welcome to join. Um, well, what happened? And then I come home. Within an hour, I'm doing my grocery list for the supermarket. And there's this digital coupon thing, and I hit him. What does it come to? 222. <laughs> so I take pictures. I put it on my page. Yep. The other day, I go down because I'm bringing stuff back from my other place because whatever, whatever. I get behind a car, just so I'm about to pull in to make the corner to go to the other house. Car in front of me. What's on the plate? Two 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 one two. And before it says easy, easy, easy. I look up two 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 one two. I posted that last last night with the picture of the license plate in front of me. 
I'm like, okay, guys, I know you're with me. You haven't been giving me a lot of signs because mom ain't looking. I know they're with me, and I'm happy, and I know I'm going to spend eternity with them, and that's what the show is about. And, yeah, you know, we we live our bridge over troubled water here. You know what I'm saying? Uh, It is, you know. Uh, Think of that song, you know. Well, like a bridge over troubled water. Song. Simon and Garfunkel, yes. yes. It's an amazing yes. song. Yeah, um, when you're weary, but, when you're down and out. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Another thing to consider is this. Um, right. I, you can choose, okay? Right. When you lose someone who's close to you, of right. course your heart is broken. Yeah. Um But you, you can wallow in it and miss them and, mm-hmm. you know, Cry every day, and and or, it's important. But it's in the beginning because it's part of the grieving process. Yeah. You're allowed. Just remember that you're allowed. That's right. But you, but anywhere uh, along the road, you're allowed your emotions. Yeah. Angel dates, yes. uh, you know, are particular for me. But you know, mm-hmm. after our, I, I lost my dog in July, and uh-huh. she was my baby. She was like a family member. Right. And I, I passed the place that I found her one winter's day back in 2006. And right. I was on my and this way is right after losing your husband, right? Right. Within so, weeks of your husband, yeah. Right, uh, you know, a month. So right. um, I passed the place that I found her one winter's day, and I started crying. And I thought, well, you can't cry too hard. You're driving. Hello, you got to see. Mm-hmm. And then mm-hmm. on the way back, I thought, you know what? I'm going to pass this place. Are you going to cry mm-hmm. every time you pass it? Or, or are mm-hmm. you going to look back and remember her and how sweet she was and how long you had yeah. her and be grateful? You get to choose. Yeah, yeah I still wow. miss her. Yep. But I'm not going to, you know, I'm not going to. I was, I was blessed to have her as long as I did. That's the way I look. And when I post memories and pictures of my kids and stuff, people get mad at me. I I could see like they they almost like they I feel like they're trying to teach me a lesson on Facebook. Post positive things, and sixty of us will hit like. They did this with this move, right? But I post okay. Today's my daughter's angel date or whatever. Four or five people. Sorry, right? I'm on to them. My, memories is all we have, and memories make us feel good. It's not that we're feeling bad. We're feeling good because we want them remembered. That exactly what you're saying, Marsha, what you are there are some people that I know still that are very stuck still and you know what, some people that are that stuck, I'm not gonna judge them, but some people ha- you know, there are people with mental is- illness, okay, prior to even losing children. And get help. You gotta get help because you can't get stuck forever. I'm, you know, we're, yes, the angel anniversaries and the birthdays and the holidays. I, I understand all that because I'm, I'm doing it too. But you got to live in between. You got to laugh in between. God doesn't want you unhappy. Your children don't want you unhappy. And I'm not saying that to be mean. No, I'm saying it because I want you to live again. Your children want you to live again, right? Oh. You know, some people yeah. think you're being arrogant or like, oh my God, well look at her. No, no, you've got to start living. That's what life's about, and helping others, and take that and, and use it. Well, you know, that's, part of your that's plan. where some people don't make the strides that others do. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? It's sort of like, um, I'm here in this place of grief. And right. 
you know, I don't, I don't know what to do. I can't fix it. There's, you know, they're gone. This person is gone from me, and I miss them. Yep. Right. And um, they don't think of them being in a better place with God, surrounded yeah. by unimaginable. Beauty. Oh no, no, they do. Don't get me wrong. But a lot of my, a lot of people do, but then they go back and retract. Yeah, yeah, but no, I've seen people that it's been years. Because I have private um, grieving groups, too, and that are still stuck in that same spot. And it's like, I can't get past this. I can't. And you're going you're gonna to have flashbacks. You're gonna, it's, a, it's, a, it's a form of post-traumatic stress syndrome with this, okay? Uh, I understand that because I've had it, too. I, I'll have something, yeah. and I'm like, oh, when I start, I break down. But I'm not doing – people got me all wrong. They think I'm doing this 24-7. I'm not. Right. When I post the memories, when I post I'm, – I'm, that's happy. That's happy. I remember them like this, and I'm happy, and I know they're okay, and I miss them here, though. Damn it, I miss them. I miss right. them like you miss them, but you've got to keep going. They don't want you stuck, and that's what my show, one of my goals is like, we have to become unstuck together. Yeah. You know, I, I try to represent that, and, and I have had, I've had some grieving mothers that have gotten mad at me, and I'm like, I have. Well, first of all, I had somebody because I I posted, I was angry one day about something, and I posted something, and I saw on their page, and they said, oh, you know, somebody that's in the public eye shouldn't be. I'm not a big, I'm not a superstar here. I'm just like you. I'm just a woman doing a radio show. It's no biggie, you know? I got feelings. I'm not allowed, I'm I'm not God. Stop stop trying to make me the godlike image of the mother who's grieving. I'm not. I'm just like you. I'm trying to help you. Okay? Yeah. That's all. Plain and simple. I got emotions. If I get mad, I get mad. I'm allowed to get mad. I'm human. I'm mad. I'm, I'm mad. I'm mad. Right. You listened to me the other day. I was ready to fall. <laughs> I was mad the other day. We won't go into it, but I was mad. Yeah. You know? Right, I was born so. at night, but not last night, as they said, you know? Yeah. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. You know what I'm talking about. And I don't, I won't elaborate on the show. But uh, there's I got things in my personal life going on right now, and... Uh, Watch your back, everybody. <laughs> There's a lot of wolves. What do they say? Wolves. I say it wrong. Wolves out there with sheep parading around like sheep. Okay? Yeah. Right. Watch your back. Just watch your back, you know. Thank God for my intuitiveness because I picked right up on it, you know. Yeah. Yeah, yeah it was crazy. <laughs> what do you think crazy. about reincarnation? Don't know. Me um, I don't discount it. I don't know about it. I don't know. We discuss, You and I discussed that personally the other day. I don't know. I've never, well, I told you a short story. My dad felt, and he and my dad worked for the Episcopal Church, and he brought that up to me years ago when something about when my daughter was born that he felt that she was a reincarnation of his mom because my grandma was a pianist and accomplished and whatever, and my daughter had piano fingers, and she did resemble her when she was younger, and I'm like, I didn't know. I don't know what I believe in that. I I, I think it's a possibility that if you don't learn your lessons the first time here, you may come back again. Yeah. I I believe that a lot of people have deja vus, and that could be from past life. But that that I I can't remember how I I think I might have done a show on it. Maybe we should do a show on it with some P experts on that. Um. Oh, I I gotta tell Although, you, Marcia, we're I just gotta uh, stop you a minute as the as the host. 
We are down to less than 90 seconds, so if you're on the air, stay on the air or call in real fast at one three four seven eight three eight nine two zero one. We can go a little longer uh, because in like a minute, it's going to go off the air. But if you're on the phone, you can still hear us, but it will be heard all in its entirety on the archives. Okay, I had to say that. Go ahead, Marcia. You can keep talking. No, no. I I just I've I've been in places deja vu, like you said, or uh-huh. met people that I, I just was immediately comfortable with. You know, uh-huh. like I'd known them before. Forever. Um, oh yeah. Yeah. And uh, you know, I think it's. Uh, I think in God's worlds, in God's worlds, you know, the universe, the, the heaven and earth, anything with God, all things are possible. That's all yeah. I can say about it. All things. I just want to tell people this is Peggy and Manisi and, and Marcia, uh, host and co-host of Signs Your Loved Ones Send Us. Uh, hopefully, we'll be back every Tuesday night, seven to nine p.m. Eastern Standard Time. Worldwide show available on Skype for international listeners. Uh, we'll still be on the air a little bit. I just had to get that in before we got off the air to our regular other listeners. So, <laughs> but I'm right now with the moving. I still got some stuff to do, so I may not be on every week for a while. Ten seconds, and we're done on the air. But we can continue a little bit and talk about reincarnation. Um, hopefully do a show on that soon. So good night yeah. to our our listeners. And uh, go ahead, Marcia, continue. They can hear it on the archives. Oh, okay. No, I just, yep. I've, you know, had a lot of those instances throughout my lifetime. And, yeah. And, you know, I, there is that possibility and. I think that maybe the people that can't or, you know, do to suicide maybe uh-huh. are going to have to come back and learn the lessons they, you know, ducked out Didn't on. Didn't that time, yeah. Yeah. And I, I wouldn't even just say even suicide. I, I, I don't think just that. I think if you don't learn the lesson you were meant to learn this time around, whether you died naturally or not, you got to come back, you know? I don't right. know. I I really, to be honest with you, like I said, I'm not God, so I don't know. I question that. I'm kind of in the middle on it. I think it's a possibility, like I said, and, and you know, with God, everything is possible. You yeah. know, we really don't understand any of this, really. It's just that we, we, we understand a small part of life, you know? Um, you know, we're born and, and it's happy, happy, joy, joy, and it's supposed to be that way, then it turns out it's not so happy, happy, joy, joy all the time. You know, I was looking forward at this age, you know, my great-grandkids, oh, I've got grandkids, I'm sure, and we'll have great-grandkids, and am growing old with my children, and I didn't, I lost two at 22 and 28, and I'm like, oh my God, now I had to take a step back. I'm like, it didn't turn out the way it was supposed to go, did it, you know? Well, when good, you know, when bad things happen to good people, like, um, mm-hmm. you know, they have, they lose a, an infant maybe to SIDS, you know, right. and that's unexpected. I think right. that that happens um, because there was a lesson mm-hmm. it, for the parents, and there's a right. lesson for that, that infant, you know, to have yes. only a brief life. Right. They didn't need to learn much. Right. Exactly. You know, and it's really sad. It's only like um, they sent you like little angels to like, okay, you're going in for like a brief moment. And it's not really about, it's like come as like little angels. That's what I believe. To teach the parents what they need to learn. And you're saying like, Mike, what kind of God would do this? Yeah. It's a loving God to bring us toward the higher 
our higher selves, you know. As crazy as that may seem, it's true. Yeah. You know, and if I can say that, you know, I would give After anything everything. Yeah. <laughs> oh, to have my kids here. Oh, my gosh. Yeah. I still sit here, like over. I say. And, yeah. Yeah, like, uh, can we, like, do a rerun and do it right this yeah. time? You know, um, you know, and it doesn't matter how your kids are. I, I had, I can't go into it, but I, I get hurt sometimes when people say things to me like, you know, well, well, something happened this week. I, I don't. I can't really go in the air about that. I guess I, I don't know how to put it into words. But it doesn't matter how your kid dies. Um, I, you know, whether it's sudden drug overdose, whatever, or sudden, and you at least expect it. They, the, the thing is, we've lost our children. You didn't live all the years I lived either, watching your kids, knowing that your kids had a terminal illness, what that was like for me. Nor could I understand the sudden shock of losing your child to a sudden illness or a drug overdose or suicide. We all have our own way. Exactly. You don't know what I went through. I don't know what you're feeling. But the bottom line, there is a mutual common bond. Commonality. Commonality, yes. We've lost our children. So don't go say, well, you had time to prepare. No, I didn't. Nobody's prepared for your child. That's been said to me. I'm like, well, whoa, that, that back gets up. Said, that gets said a lot um, <sighs> about the elderly. You can right. see them going downhill. They uh-huh. get labeled with the failure to thrive. But mm-hmm. and, and they were X amount of years old. Um, right. You know, so. You they love them. Life. They're people. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, the only difference between that and the elderly, you're taught from the time. This is so, the only way I can say it as a mother of those children. You're taught that you're supposed to outlive your kids, okay? That's what you're taught right. from the time you're little. And you're taught that once we get older, we die. That's the nature. That's nature, you know? Right. So you've got this mental um, vision since you're young that, okay, you're going to grow old and die someday. Right. You're not gonna. You don't have this mental image that you're gonna lose your son and daughter in the twenties, right? No. <laughs> or teens, or you're gonna lose your that's baby, or whatever age. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. It, it really is unthinkable, and that's why I say it's a different type of grief because it's you're not programmed. You're not programmed to um, understand this. No. And nobody wants to think this. You know, you want to go through this great life and this one shot you think you have and make it the best you can be. You know. Right. And I, I, I have to, I, I tell you, sometimes I do get a little annoyed. I see friends, family posting things. No negativity in my life. I'm thinking all positive thoughts. Good. Great. I would like to do that too. I try to. Yeah. But unfortunately, life, there isn't always positive thoughts. These are people that are in denial about life. It can't always be. And it's great to feel that way. I, I, I'm not persecuting anybody. But I have to laugh sometimes. It's like it's not all happy, joy, joy, okay. And and when and these are the very people that back away from people like me that have had so much loss or drama, as they say it, or they back away because they're they're selfish, okay. They're selfish. Mm. They don't want to. I don't want the the misery all the time either. But hey, guess what, pal? I got to live it. You think this yeah. is easy for me? I try to make the positive thoughts, but there's. Life is about balance. It's like the the scales, you know, like a Libra. Mm-hmm. Okay, uh, sometimes it weighs down and it's low and it's down. Sometimes it's up. It's kind of like life is bipolar. Okay, 
Why yeah. is it bipolar? You got your either extremes highs or your very lows, and sometimes you just like to grab that medium in between, you know, and balance the scales, you know. But I, I do kind of, I sit here sometimes, I like, you know, get a grip. It's like it can't all be positive. Like, I'm not going to talk to, I'm going to put all these negative people out of my mind. Yeah, there are people that are negative that, that create their own drama. Don't get me wrong. And, and I'm hoping that when I see these posts, they mean that. But there are some people like me and other grieving parents and people that have had extreme uh, tragedies in their life that have to live with that themselves. And then people like that walk away from us because they don't want the negativity. And I just like, get a grip. You're the very people that are breaking our hearts that you should be there trying to help us. If you're so positive, we need you to be positive. But yeah. part of that positivity positive is me. listen to yeah. us once in a while. Listen to us. Hear us. Don't just, yeah. mm-hmm, yeah. mm-hmm, mm-hmm, to death. I'm sick of that. And I have people that have done it too. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Do you know how that annoys me? Wait, you think I'm stupid? I can't see when you're doing. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. You you could give a crap in plain English what I'm saying to you. Is it true, Marcia? I mean, we've all experienced people like that around us. I would think. Mm-hmm. Oh, it's the death, you know. Oh yeah, yeah. Because I don't give a damn. Sure, like, I've heard it before, and you know, why don't you stop talking about it? Well, it's hard to stop exactly. talking about it. Um, yeah, exactly. Because yeah, you're feeling yeah, yeah. it. And they yeah, don't, or they or don't you you want the uh, bass cello, or you want the little violin, you know? It's like yeah. Rosanna, Rosanna, Dana. Too many violins they, in this world, you know. Yeah. <laughs> you know, it's just, it just that, that irks me. Yeah, they don't take your. They don't take our feelings into consideration right. because they're thinking only about themselves, and that's the kind of people I don't want to be around anymore because yeah. they're selfish. You know, I want to be positive all the time too, and I try to be. But I like I said with the scales, you need a balance. It's not all going to be like pushing all the negative. Yes, there are, like I said before, there are people in this world that are all negative Nellies. They've never experienced stuff. They just like to, you know, you wine with the cheese. You, you want some wine, you know, we want some crackers with that wine. There yeah, are people yeah. like that, the whiners. I, I'm, I'm referring back to Saturday Night Live. you got the whiners and the cone heads, and you got Rosanna, Rosanna, Dana. That yeah. show made a lot of sense if you think about it, the way they, they, they stereotype certain type of people. And you do have whiners in this world, but when you have somebody that suffered a great deal of tragedies, we need people, you know, people, people well, who you need, need people. Hope. That's part of, yeah. that's part of the... the Human, human process. nature. You need exactly. to get it out there. Um, yeah. You need and they to think find... we're supposed to end at the funeral. That the day after the funeral, we're supposed to be happy, happy, joy, joy. No. no. You all go home. I go home now and face the reality. The day after my son's funeral, everybody left, you know. And I just went through the motions. I'd been up a week before. He was in a coma. I was there day and night. I was sick uh, physically, too, and... I, I had a procedure every day, okay? Mm. I didn't know who I was. After 38 years between Meg's birth and Mark's death, of a procedure between two children with cystic fibrosis and a mother of four in general, you get up and you, you get the pills ready and you get the IV started and you get the, you sterilize the nebulizers and you, no you get the, the, the different you feel procedure. Or, yeah, yeah. Yeah, well, no, 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 no. Exactly. I can be sick as a dog. I had to do it. But then it's the day after the funeral. Everybody goes home and it's like, it's okay, go back to your life now. No, this is. You don't know where it is. I I didn't know who I was. I'm going to say it. After Meg died, 
Mark kept me going because, well, he looked like her. He sounded like her. He giggled like her. And I had to keep going for him, okay? Right, right. And then when he left, when he left, when he transitioned, I don't even like the word die anymore. When he transitioned, yeah. okay? Um, I was used to a routine after 38 years. From the time I was like right. 19 when Meg was born until I was almost 60. And I didn't know who I was. Yeah. Because cystic fibrosis was a my part life. of your world. I had yeah. to make it my life, okay? And right. I got up. And I got up, and I just, honest to God's truth, like a robot. And I went to the sink, and my first process was to nebulizing the, those cups, because he didn't just do it for, like, you know, like uh, bronchial dilators. There were uh, inhaled antibiotics and inhaled saline. There was, like, three or four different things he had to do it was three times a day. So it was a bunch of cups, you know what I'm saying? He had to go yeah. into a vest to break up the mucus, and, and then he had to get his IVs. and It was a big thing. It was a lot. It was a lot. It wasn't just yeah. give your pill, your kid's got a cold, and it's going to get better. It didn't work that way. Right. And I got up, and I started started doing this stuff. And um, my guy friend at the time says to me, um, what are you doing? I looked at him and said, I don't know. I don't know who I am. Yeah. I started doing all this stuff. I mean, you know, he died, he went in the hospital. It was routine. Yeah, Yeah, Yeah. it was my routine, and I'm like, oh, my God, I don't know what I just sat down. I said, I don't know what to do now. What am I supposed to be doing? What am I supposed to be doing at this point, you know? You um, feel lost. I was. Did I, 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 not that I loved doing what I did, it's just that I did what I did because I had to do it. Yes. And I was like... Oh, my God. Uh, 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 now what do I do? I don't know what to do with myself. I worked yeah, my I life do into... What do I do? <laughs> yeah, like I worked my life into their schedule. It wasn't about right. me for all those years, really, for the most part. There were some times that they weren't too bad that I could do things. But there were, you know, a lot of time I couldn't. And I'm like, okay. I didn't know how to sit back and relax. So I sat on Facebook, and I, then I couldn't sleep. I did. So, you know, Facebook saved me kind of with Mark, because I, then I got angry. Oh, oh. You wouldn't know I was a Christian then. <laughs> there ain't a word that didn't come out of my mouth on Facebook. I got mad at everybody. Leave me alone. You know, go. You know, I said every word there was. I look back at some of these posts. I'm like, oh, my God. The demon. <laughs> I was the devil woman. No, I was angry, and I was hurting, and I was tired, and I was... I was off my rocker. I'm not going to lie to you. I was off my rocker. You know, I lost it. I see why people worried about me because if it was somebody else, I was like, whoa. I was having an out-of-body experience. That's all I can say. I was having an out-of-body experience. And I didn't know who I was, and I lost my identity. And I, I was a mom of four and two sick kids, and now I'm a mom of two, and I don't know how to do this. I didn't know how to do yeah. it. And it just scared me. And I had to find a way. And what pulled me up, and I'm going to end the show on this because we did go over time. But And like I said, you can hear it on the archives. But I had to find purpose. And people have even tried to take purpose, like the show away. And what I do as far as being intuitive, making fun of me and mocking me. And, oh, she's a, you know, let me look at my crystal ball and tell me you're full of crap. You know, they said something else. And they think it's a joke. 
Do you think well, I would have come know, out God with this? Did. First of all, do I sound like a crazy person? I mean, I'm a nut. I, I you know, I'm a, I'm no. not a crazy person. I'm a, I'm a, I'm a, like I'm a, a comical. Yeah, you're. you're I'm a, com- you I'm a comical a sense person. Of humor. Yeah. Yes, I got. I've gotten misread a lot of times for that. I mean, I've said <laughs> things to people, and they take everything at heart, and they think, "Oh, she's a liar." She's. A... I start. I say things sometimes, kidding around. People take it wrong, so I'm sorry about that. That's why I'm. You know, take it for whatever. Oh, well, that's another thing that the people. I mean, God gives each of us gifts. Maybe one gift. Yep. Maybe several. But mm-hmm. we yep. shouldn't be jealous of other people's gifts. You know, I yep. mean, they, it's it's just... I'm cleaning as I'm talking to you now. I'm picking up my room. Oh, okay. so go ahead. I'm sorry. <laughs> no, no. Um, no. Go ahead. But, I mean, it's it's um, a gift. A lot and, of it is jealousy. Other people, are, yeah, are jealous. And, and, you know, because they don't have that gift, they doubt it in uh-huh. other people. And I don't think they doubt it. They, 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 they are. It's own. just jealousy. Yep, yep, yeah. yep. Maybe if they took some of that friggin' energy to put people down and looked within themselves and see what maybe they could do to make life better instead of hurt people that are already down as far as they can go, they would be happier people. You know what, Marcia? I pray for them. I used to get mad at them. I don't want any more. I pray for them because I'm like, honey, if you want my life, if you want what I went through, take it. Let's see what you could do with it, you know? Yeah. Because that's, that is insanity. To be jealous of somebody like me, there's got to be something wrong. No, I'm, then I'm saying there's just got to be something wrong with you, <laughs> because I wouldn't be jealous. Uh-uh, uh-uh. No, there's something wrong with you. If you're jealous of, and if God gave me this gift for the betterment of the human race and humanity and other human beings, and go ahead and mock me because cause I hid it for years. I joked about things and whatever because I, I was afraid of it. I was afraid to tell people. I was afraid of it. I'm not gonna lie. A lot of people. Start I didn't out know what it was. Way. Yeah. Mhm. Mhm. That's true. Because we we're, we learned a way of life. Like I said, just like we learned that you know when you get old you're gonna lose your parents, whatever, whatever. But there's certain things we don't learn uh, as a kid either, and it's like it's really okay to be who you are and who God made you be. I mean, I I can remember as a little kid when. Laying there at night, it's like, why do I know things, and why do I do this, and why do I do that, and blah 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 blah. You know, um, it even took Betty Edie several years to write her book because she thought everybody would think the exact same she was thing nuts. that she was nuts. Yeah. yeah. Oh, people think I'm crazy as a bed book. <laughs> My mother's favorite, famous last words, and I sit back and I laugh and I'm like, no, I'm not. But I don't have to convince you because you know what? The only person that knows me is our Lord and Savior. He knows me. And I'm going to but be around time, him a lot longer than you, so it don't matter. Yeah, any you know. any time I, I you know get a sign or um, uh-huh. or see the lights, you know, I always clear before. You know, I always pray before we go into these um, right. protection and you know clear. Mm-hmm. Um, but that's my own thing, you know. I mean, yeah, we're Christian yeah. people. And oh, we forgot to say our prayer before the show tonight, so I think we should. Well, end I know, but I was prayer. late. <laughs> I know we we had so many other things going, but you know we weren't reading anybody anyhow. So yeah, you know we like to do that, especially when we're reading people, because we don't want there are dark energy out there. And we don't want that in our lives, you know. Right. We're not yeah. Ouija board, crystal ball, um, 
what else, tarot card kind of people. We're just people with yeah. a gift, you know. But I oh, mean, it is what it is. There are people who practice, um, you know, dark dark energy stuff. And, yeah. And Don't um, like that. No, that's why I pray and clear. And, me too. And, you know. Yeah, I've had a couple yeah. people come on the show. I thought they were just like me, and then they start with the other stuff. And I'm like, sorry, we don't do that here. That's yeah. not what I'm about. Uh-uh. Sorry. Uh-uh. Yeah. Or people ask me for reasons like. I consider myself a Christian. Uh, that's it. Yeah. That's it. And some of them consider themselves Christians too, uh, believe it or not. But yet they're into other things, and I don't. I don't. When I get that icky feeling, uh, when somebody comes on and says, uh, I'm sorry. You know, I love you as a human being, no matter who you are, but I'm not into what you're doing, and that's not what my show is about, period. Right. And that's the way I I feel, and it's my show, and I can do what I want. You know, go to somebody else's show. You know, I'm not being rude, but that's not what my show's about. So, anyhow, Marsha, I'm getting a little tired. Um, i got to get up early and do some stuff. Um, I'm glad to be back on the air, even if it's for one night. Maybe I won't do a show for a couple weeks. I want to get everything done before I get back full swing with this and the readings because I don't have a lot of energy to spend right now on others. But I felt, you know, when God calls me to do a show, I felt like I needed to do this one, you know. And just to show people I'm still here and I'm here for you and, you know, go to the show anytime you want. And even if you weren't on tonight, just people that listen afterwards, so... So that's what I did, and you felt right with it, too, and uh, we're both going through a couple things. You're going through your thing, your thang, and I'm going through my major thang, and yeah. our thangs, you know, but we're human, and we're down, and we're getting down and dirty with this, you know. <laughs> Not really dirty, but you know what I'm saying, and we're, we're, we're human beings, too, and we hurt, and we have things that we got to work out, and um, yeah. Is what it is, and I pray Prayers for you, out there darling. To be answered. Yeah, yes, thank yeah, you. Yeah. I will pray for you. You're always in my prayers. Yeah, um, you're in mine too, and so is everybody. You. you know, I pray yeah. for everybody. Thank you, and um, prayers out to our friends from Massey Angels, um, in her sight, uh, Christine and and Sunny, saying hello to them. They brought Marsha yep. and I together, yeah, and they're did. a great, uh, great show, and great people, and great authors, and and. Got their own trials and tribulations, and uh, yeah. we pray for them. And uh, I love their prayer site, and I thank you for Christine and Sonny for that page. And Christine, I think it's Christine's page, right? Um, the, the name Her of the page. Way for I after death communications. Exactly. And yeah. Marcia just posted Christine some prayers Diviniac. for me because of something. Yes, yeah. and Sonny Wells. And Sonny Wells, yep. yep. Mm-hmm. Um, Sonny is a Christian medium, so. Yeah. Um, you know, uh, they've been on my show. I can, yeah, I can, I can vouch for both of them. Uh, Christine's a really lovely oh. person, and and Sunny is. I've never met Sunny, yeah. but I did get the opportunity to meet Christine, and she's just right. a lovely person. Well, if you go I back a couple years ago, nice. when they were on my show, it was unbelievable. They brought me to. T- I mean, my Sunny doesn't take the, the the credit for it, but her reading brought me to tears because my son would not let us read anybody. He wanted to get a message to his mom, and yeah, I broke on my own show I. that night. So, yeah. look up that show. That, I think that's the night we met, wasn't it? I think that's so, what brought yeah. us together. Yeah, yep. so my son brought us together. So, amen. Isn't that amazing? All right. Well, God bless all. Um, love you all. Um, could you. use some prayers, guys. <laughs> you know? Yeah. Um, praying I get through this, you know? I just need to get the rest of my stuff out of there, and I'm praying that I'm going to find a way because I don't know what way I'm going to do this. <laughs> I'm trying. I'm trying. 
So, and God bless you, Marcia, what you're going through. I know it's something personal, and uh, we're going to get through this together because you got a friend of me, okay? Oh, thank you. Thank you, Peggy. All right, sweetheart. I All right. It. Go get some rest. No, thank you. I, I love will. you. I will. I love you, too, and I'll talk to you soon. And good night from Peg and Marcia. On signs of loved ones, send us. God bless you all. Good night. Thank you. Bye-bye. Bye. With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Hey guys, it is Ryan. I'm not sure if you know this about me, but I'm a bit of a fun fanatic when I can. I like to work, but I like fun too. It's a thing. And now the truth is out there. I can tell you about my favorite place to have fun. Chumba Casino. They have hundreds of social casino style games to choose from with new games released each week. You can play for free anytime, anywhere And each day brings a new chance to collect daily bonuses. So join me in the fun. Sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VGW group. Void prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus.